Hey, welcome back to another episode of Hashing It Out with Javi. This is number 17. Holy crap, number 17. I'm mind blown that I've gotten this far. Uh, one was nuts, but 17, that's crazy. Anyways, welcome back. Today I have my friend Elizabeth on. Um, and we're going to talk about how I know her and how I know who she is. Um, and she probably didn't know who I was. And Stalker. it's a <laughs> <laughs> weird, 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 kind, not weird, but um, pretty cool how uh, social media can connect people who have already had a connection. So, Elizabeth, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. Yeah. I'm and today, excited. yeah, I'm excited to have you. Um, today, we're going to talk about um, ext- what I would call extreme weight loss. Yes. Right. Extreme 100%. weight loss, um, bariatric surgery, um, body dysmorphia, um, the things that come along with that, uh, depression, anxiety, all those things. Right. And I, and I really wanted to have you on because I have a lot of followers and I have people in my family who have, have gone through this surgery. And I think it's a it's a it's a really good, healthy thing for people to do, you know, if, if they need to be able to manage their weight and that kind of thing. And so welcome to the podcast. Thank you. Let's talk about your experience. So, how, how did so? Let's talk about uh, your journey from maybe you know being young to where you got like maybe your heaviest weight, and then how you lost weight and that kind of stuff. Yeah. So, I've always been overweight as long as I can remember. Um, I've always loved food. Uh, you know, growing up in the kitchen with my grandma, great grandma, aunts. Um, so that was part of my my growing up. I I love to cook. I love to eat. Um, you know, and a lot of the times it's your family telling you, Oh, you want more, you got to have seconds. You have to clean your plate, you know? So throwing away food is not a good thing. Oh boy. Um, so yeah, just always loved food. Um, and I can remember from a young age, just always feeling really self-conscious. I knew that I didn't look like everybody else. Um, felt really bad about myself from a young age. So I knew, uh, it was something I, that made me unhappy. Um, and just growing up, I, I didn't really try to lose weight. I just kind of was like, this is who I am. You know, I went along with it and thankfully I wasn't bullied. Right. Um, I didn't, you know, you'd have a couple instances here and there, but compared to what people are going through now, I'm very thankful that I didn't get what a lot of kids get these days. Thank God there was no social media when you're growing up. Thank God. I know. (laughs) Um, but yeah, so I, I, I always felt bad about myself. Um, and I knew that I was heavier than everybody else. Um, but I didn't really do anything about it. I mean, I tried to, to lose weight, but it wasn't like a, nothing major ever happened or came from it, you know? And then, um, as I got older, I started to get a lot of, um, ear infections and sore throats. So I was sick all the time, probably like once a month. Um, and I started going to my doctor and they would do blood tests. Everything was fine. I went to two ENTs. Um, and the only thing they ever told me was that it's cause you're overweight that's it, you know, which I feel like is a big, um, thing when you go to the doctors, they just kind of right. like brush it under like, Oh, it's cause you're overweight. It's cause you're overweight. Yeah. You got no problem. You're fat, yeah, whatever. You're just fat. That's <laughs> yeah. it. <laughs> so it would frustrate me because I was, I was like, it doesn't make sense. I've been overweight my whole life. I never, uh, when I was younger, I didn't struggle from, uh, being sick that often. So I was like, what the hell, what right. is it? You know? Right. Um, So finally, I just got sick of it. I was tired of being sick all the time because eventually, you know, you work, you have to go on with life, but you can't be sick every month, you know? So I was, I was tired of it and I finally realized I wanted to do something about it. So I had considered, um, weight loss surgery, but didn't really know much about it. Um, didn't know if I ever really wanted to do it. I've had it in my mind for a while. I thought maybe I'll lose some weight, you know, and then once I lose a little bit of weight, then look into it. Um, one specific memory that 
will haunt me forever is I went to um, an ENT with my sister and what, what's an ENT for the um, an ear, nose and throat doctor. <clears throat> okay. Um, because they, every time I would get sick, it was always my <clears throat> right ear, um, my nose and my sore throat. And gotcha. I would be sick for like a week. So it was frustrating. You know, you can't take right. a week off of work every month, you know? Yep, yep. Um, so we went to the ENT. Um, it wasn't my primary doctor. Um, and then we went into the office and um, he wasn't even in there for like two minutes and he was just like, Oh, it's you're overweight. You need to lose weight and don't even bother um, exercising. Just get weight loss surgery. (laughs) And I could feel my face get so red with embarrassment. And I was pissed, you know, and I could see my sister who will always have my back for everything. And she was ready to fuck that guy up. She was like, (laughs) (laughs) like, I'm going to fuck this doctor. The way she, yeah, the way she was looking at me was like, you could step outside Liz. I'm going to fuck him up. But, um, you know, I just, I shook my head at her. I was like, don't make a big scene. Cause I was embarrassed. I've always been really shy and really, um, introverted. Um, you know, so I was just like, Oh my God, like I was embarrassed, you know? And, um, I didn't know what to say. So we ended up leaving. As soon as we got outside, I just broke down and cried. And, and that was something that stuck with me. How, how old were you? I think I must have been like early 20s. So you were already an adult and still dealing yeah. with this. Yeah. Crazy. And okay. so, yeah, I mean, it, it, it felt like, um, you know, I just was just a person in there. He just wanted to be done with it. He didn't ask me anything about my history. You know, he didn't. He, for all he knew, I could have just lost 50 pounds or something, you know? Yeah. yeah. So he that, was just like, don't even bother with exercise. Just get surgery. It's so crazy because doctors today, like, no, I'm not, I'm not saying all doctors be soon before somebody jumps in my DMs and gets angry and upset. <laughs> but a lot of doctors today, they're just, they, you're basically like, you're, you're part of an assembly line, you know? Yes. You come in, they look at you, they look at your chart, you're out of here. You're in your chart, you're out of here. Yeah. Like, like, and I understand there's a lot of us for them to look at, but the sort of compassionate care has been gone for a long time. hundred percent. And, and that drives me crazy because people like you, like, Hey dude, I got an ear, nose and throat problem. Like, Oh, you're fat. Get out of here. Yeah. It's I was like, so how does that stupid. relate? And why, if that is the case, why have I not experienced this my whole life growing up? This had just right. happened in the last like few years. Right, so right. I was at that point trying to figure out, is there something else wrong with me? Cause I was like, there has to be something in this connection of my ear, nose, and throat. I was like, but I don't understand what my weight has to do with that. You're like, hey, fool, do I got allergies? Yeah. I was <laughs> like, I don't know. Maybe I just need to He's do like, an nah. allergy He's test. like, nah, stop eating cheeseburgers. Yeah, exactly. He's like, stop eating all the time. <laughs> so that was just a, a big moment for me. And, and just the person that I am, I remember growing up always wanting to be invisible to everybody. I was ashamed of how I looked. I didn't want to, you know, I wanted to fly under the radar. I was embarrassed of how I looked, but wasn't doing anything about it at the same time either. Right. Um, so that was, I've been very sensitive to, to that type of stuff for as long as I can remember also. Um, so I just remember that being really devastating to me. And then finally, um, you know, part of that too was seeing, uh, my mom's health and just growing up and her not being as healthy as she was. And I was like, I don't want to get older and, (coughs) and not be able to move around. I realized how much weight I was carrying around and how it was affecting my daily life and, I was like, I got to do something to change this. So I decided to look into the surgery and that's when I decided to do it. To do it. Yeah. And so you, so you went through, do you know how much weight you actually lost after the surgery or how much where you were at to where you are now? Like, is there, is there a quantifiable number, you know? Um, yeah. It's about 80 pounds. 80 pounds. Holy yeah. shit. That's a lot of weight. Yeah. Which that's like, crazy. that's like a junior hire. Yeah. <laughs> I always, in my mind, this is 
so embarrassing, but I used to work at Albertsons. I was in the service deli for five years. Yeah. I remember specifically, and I've always equated it to it, but the cases of chicken that we would have were 50 pounds right. each case. And I'm like, that's almost two cases of that chicken. And those that are I was, heavy as shit. Yeah. Too. I'm like, I was carrying that around on my body and I don't remember feeling that, you know, when yeah. it was on me, but yeah. there's definitely um, things that I, I feel like even if I'm sitting on the floor or something and getting up, it's right. not as hard as it used to be. Um, right. You know, just realizing certain little things that people take for granted every day, you know, like sitting in a chair. Tying your shoes. Tying your shoes. I fucking Going hate my upstairs. life right now. <laughs> Tying my shoes is tough right now, yo. <clears throat> no, just kidding. But but it, 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 you know what? You're right, though, right now. Like, I, I've been telling people, I, I always joke around with being fat on my Instagram, like, all the time. And definitely, I'm the heaviest I've ever been in my life, but... I just started doing like this whole keto diet and shit because mm-hmm. your cousin Robert, he, he's on a, <laughs> he was on a previous podcast and I've lost a little bit of weight from it. And, and you, the little bit of weight I lost, I'm like, holy shit, man. Like tying shoes is easier. Yeah. I didn't think it's it was the hard. Then. Things you don't yeah. realize. I was like, I didn't think tying my shoes was hard then, but it's not, it just seems a little bit easier now. Like, mm-hmm. and it's just weird, man. The, the, and so like 80 pounds and that's, I mean, I lost 15 in a month. That's nothing. 80 pounds that's is still huge. Well, yeah, I mean, it's not going as fast as it was when it first started, <laughs> <clears throat> but I, I, you know, and I'm going to stick to it and I'm going to lose a lot more weight, but, um, 80 pounds is huge. Right. And and I yeah. think the transformation that that does to your body is also extreme. And we'll touch on that some more too, right. On, on kind of what happens to your body after you lose that weight, you know? So mm-hmm. what, so th- there's different kinds of, um, and I think the term is bariatric, right? Yes. There's different kinds of bariatric surgeries, right? There's uh, touch on the different kinds that you know of, because I know that they're all different. I know there's some older ones, newer ones, kind of yeah, modern ones. <clears throat> so they have the gastric bypass, which is what I have, which is where they um, close off part of your stomach and then they just kind of reroute your intestine. So food doesn't even go through that portion of your stomach anymore. Okay. Um, and they make the size of your stomach like an egg. So tiny. Um and then the sleeve is where they actually cut out part of your stomach and remove it. And then there's the band surgery, which they tie off part of it. I don't know too much about that one. And that one's not as popular from what I remember when I was researching. Okay. Um, but the gastric bypass is for people who have to lose the most weight. So if it's somebody who wants to lose a minimal amount, they would want to do the sleeve. And then I chose to go with the gastric bypass because I knew I needed to lose a significant okay. amount. So after you have that surgery, um, um, well, let's talk about the recovery. What was the recovery like? Because here's what I'm mind blown about. I, I have some followers who, um, I hate using that word. They're not followers. They're people that I interact with online uh, who recently had surgery. I don't know what version she had, but I, I know that the first day or two, she was like, oh my God, I hate my life. This sucks. It's so horrible. And she was in a really bad place. Of course, she just had gnarly surgery, right? Right. But like within like two or three days after that, she's like fucking back to normal. She's like at family party. She's like living her best <laughs> like life. And I, and I was like, holy shit. I, and I, I remember messaging her going, hey, you're back to living your best life. She goes, I am. It's crazy. I was like, in like six or seven days, she's like, yeah, I'm fucking back to normal pretty much. And I was like, that's insane. Yeah. So like, what what was your recovery like? Mine was actually <clears throat> pretty straightforward. Like it, I definitely wasn't back to normal after two days. It took a while. Um, but I had done a lot of research prior to getting the surgery, um, went on YouTube, went on Instagram. I wanted to see what other people experienced, um, to know what I was up, you know, going up against. Um, and I heard, you know, horror stories where people were like, they couldn't eat for, you know, a few days they were throwing up a lot. Um, 
diarrhea. That was another oh, thing too. Sure. They call it um, dumping syndrome where you can, cause you can only eat, um, well after the surgery. Well, okay. Let me go backtrack a little bit. So yeah. a couple days you have to go to your doctor, get, um, clearance and everything for that. And then you have to go to some classes before to make sure you understand everything. Um, you meet with other people who are going to, you know, go th- through the process and then um, a couple days before, you have to do an all-liquid diet. So I was drinking protein shakes because you have to keep your protein intake up. Um, you can't have any food at all in your stomach. Um, so that was hard, too, for the first, I think it was two or three days before the surgery. It was just straight protein shakes. Straight protein I was shakes. a real bitch during those three days. Oh, <laughs> I, I was bet. Like, I'm so yeah, God damn, I just want a cheeseburger. Yes, <laughs> anything. That and <clears throat> no coffee, which was hard for me. Um no coffee? No coffee. No, no caffeine I wonder or why. anything. Um, I, I don't remember, but <clears throat> just the way it affects the body and everything. So I was like, all right, I just got to suffer through this, you know, but I, I did. Um, went in for surgery. Wait, wait, wait. So you were a hungry, uncaffeinated woman? Yes. Oof. I just stayed in my room with the door shut. And Jesus. Dark. <laughs> Thank God you weren't married. <laughs> I was actually. Oh, you were married at the time? Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Was, well, yeah. fuck that poor dude. <laughs> <laughs> Sliding protein shakes under the door. Here you go. He's like, here's your protein yeah, shake. I'm going to leave. Watch out. I'm out. <laughs> Holy shit, man. That's crazy. But, yeah, it was it was tough for sure. Um, but I had thought about all that stuff before I even agreed to do the surgery. I had to <clears throat> make sure I knew I was ready to take on all these changes because it was not going to be easy. Um, so once I decided, okay, I'm ready to do this. Let's do it. So that happened, went in for the surgery. Um, I had never had a surgery before that, anything. So I didn't really know what to expect. I just remember, um, you know, they gave me some drugs. I started feeling real good. They wheeled me into the operating room. And I just remember seeing like um, stainless steel everywhere. And there was like people, all the nurses around me, they like laid my arms out started strapping me down and the, you know, we're, wait, you were awake when they're doing this. Yeah. They were, they already gave me some <laughs> stuff and then they were, that's so medieval, man. I, Put me to sleep first. I, know, I was like, what the hell? And yeah, so they were getting me all set up and then uh, he's like, okay, I'm going to put the mask on you. And then I was out. Um, I woke up and I remember a nurse standing next to me and I was like, okay, I, I made it through. So that's good. And mm-hmm. um, I was cold. I was in the hospital, I think for, Two or three days after that, just recovery time. Oh, you had to be in the hospital mm-hmm. for that many times? time. Okay. I yeah. And so I just remember like it was uncomfortable to sleep. Um, nurses would come in, they would give me shots or like medication or whatever to help with the pain. Or if I felt like, you know, I needed something, I'd just push a little button, but it was okay. You know, it wasn't anything right. terrible. It was just uncomfortable. Um, but I didn't feel any pain, which was nice. Um, I didn't have any bad or negative reactions. I was just you know, hanging out there, they would get you up and you start walking a little bit. So, um, they, you know, cruise me down the hallway, um, just kind of get you moving a little bit. And then you have to drink, um, they have like little shot glasses. So you have to drink <laughs> a certain amount of those each day. Cause they want to start getting you, you know, something in your stomach. Right, you haven't, right. I hadn't had food at that point for <clears throat> like three days, three or four, four days. days. Yeah. yeah. Um, so they start you with water and they would just <clears throat> every, you know, um, hour they would come in and you literally can't drink you couldn't just take a shot you know you'd have to literally sip it and even that felt like you were chugging gallons of water so weird it's so weird because your new stomach is a lot smaller than what it was before so you're not used to being able to yeah it's crazy it's weird and and you think like you're like no that's that's not going to be hard but just drinking it was just like a little baby sip and then you'd feel it go all the way down and you would just have to wait a little while before you could take another one but you're so thirsty 
you know, at the same time. So you were thirsty, but you couldn't get enough in you because you had to wait. Yeah. You have to just let your body, you know, take it in slowly. Otherwise you could vomit or, you know, something like that. So that was hard. Um, so they did that and then they started incorporating some protein shakes. Um, after a couple of days, I got out of the hospital, went home. Um, same thing. You're just on the protein shakes for a couple of days, even then before you can start transitioning into real food again. And then once you do that, it's soft foods like, um, oatmeal, you know, tuna was a big one there. And even like these foods now, I, it's hard for me to eat them because I got so used to eating it re- during recovery time. Like the right. protein shakes. Just smelling them makes me sick because I uh, eat them for so long. It's like having tequila where you throw up on tequila. And yes. You're like, I don't want to drink that ever yeah, again. No, it's like memories. <clears throat> and it wasn't bad. You know, I, I was not, um, compared to what I had researched myself, um, seeing other people who were really, really sick, couldn't take anything down. They were vomiting or they had to go back to the hospital. I was like fully expecting that to happen to me. Thankfully, I didn't have any issues at all. So, um, it's kind of hard for me to remember now, but I think maybe like a week, I think I took a week off of work. Um, but I would just get up, I'd walk around the house, do little baby steps, work on getting my protein. Um, and then just slowly started adding in more food. And it was really weird to go from eating what you normally eat to like, literally like bites, you know, I could eat maybe like three or four bites of food and I was full. So, so you, that, that's so extreme to me. So you were back to work within a week. Yeah. I think I took a week <clears> off. <throat> Might've been a couple days more, but I'm pretty sure it was a week. Damn, that's crazy. But I also have a, a remote office job, so I'm not out, you know, moving around, walking right. around. You're at home pretty much working on... I think on. if it was a more physical job, I would have right. probably needed more time. So that's so crazy. So you go from being able to eat, like, standard American meals, which is, we're gluttonous pigs. You know, Everything, let's like, be honest. We're, ten times as much as you should. Yeah, like, yeah. like our steaks are, like, fucking... Here's a three-pound steak, and, like, you're supposed to be, like, 500 grams of steak. And yeah. it's like, come on. It's so, ridiculous. Yeah, so, and then, but you, so now, you can only eat a small bit, right? Like, you said, like, an egg size shape, right? So, right. are you still only able to eat meals that are small, or? No, and that's the <clears> thing, <throat> too, is your stomach can still stretch. Like, you can stretch your stomach back to a bigger space, so you can physically fit more food in there, and that's part of the struggle, is over time, you know, you you learn to eat a little bit more, you go back into your habits because it's a mental thing. You know, when people say, I don't understand why you can't just not eat food. Don't just put the food down. It's a mental struggle too. A lot of people I think who are not overweight or do who don't struggle with those issues don't understand, you know, if if it doesn't come naturally to them, you have somebody who's, who grew up very fit or never had that issue. They don't understand, you know, and because a lot of people eat for different reasons, you know, if you're upset, you're angry, you're happy, all these things. So I also think people, um, it's also a generational thing too, right? Mm-hmm. Like, so like growing up when I came to my grandma's house, I love her, man. Rest in peace. My grandma Rosie, she was a big woman. Most of the women in my family were big women. Yeah. Uh, going all the way back to my great, great, great grandmother. But they were like, Mijo, did you eat yet? Can I feed you yet? And they had like a can of lard on the, you know. Yes, they just want to feed you as soon as you they walk in the They just want to feed door. you, right? <laughs> and I'm not knocking lard, by the way. Lard's good fat. <laughs> I mean, like, there's mm-hmm. some bad fats and there's good fats. You know, my, my great-grandmother, rest in peace, Grandma Clara, she loved, like, eating the meat. From what, I, from what I've been told. Yeah. Uh, I was a young boy when she died. I think I was 10. 
Um, but I've talked to my mom with the people and she loved eating like the fat off the tri-tip. Like, give me that fat. My I grandma does fat. that too. She I just, love like, the, you know, it up for me. You know what's crazy? Tri-tip. I love the fat at tri-tip. I mean, because yeah. it's real, it's real fat. It's not the fake shit that, that's making us sick. It's the, um, it's the, not the saturated fats. What's the name of the fake fats? There's a fake fat name. I can't think of it either, but, there, but there's a fake fat that now is outlawed in America, but it took. I don't know how many years to make it outlawed here. It's been outlawed around the world before. And that's the fat that's really bad for us. The fat has been making us sick. It's a fat that is really bad for our hearts. But like, if you're eating animal fat, like I, I can't imagine knowing now, and I'm going to bring up some random topic right now. Cause I'm one of the, I'm, I'm, I'm that guy, right? I'm the guy that brings a random shit, but like Inuits, Eskimos, what we know is Eskimos. And I'm sorry. That's a bad derogatory term today, but Inuits or Eskimos, as you know, them in Alaska, they eat, they don't have vegetables. They can't grow vegetables. Yeah. In a, what is it? Balut? Yeah. Yeah. They eat balut. Yeah. They, they whale blubber pretty much. And they eat animals that have a lot of fat in them and just meat. They're basically carnivores pretty much. And that's it. They, right. They have a, they have a carnivore diet pretty much. They have zero from what I've read, zero, uh, 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 heart disease. And so like, I think the way people used to eat was probably the way we were supposed to eat. You know what I mean? But I also think that us growing up in the generation we did, our grandparents came from like the World War II generation and they came from the, like my great grandmother from the great depression. Mm-hmm. So like they were trying to conserve everything. So like, did you eat? If you didn't eat, I need to feed you now. Cause God knows when you're going to eat again. Even if I did eat, they still <clears> wanted to feed Exactly. Us. They're like, I don't care. Sit down. I'm making it, you food. <laughs> it was, and I hate to say it this way and it's, it, I hope it doesn't offend anybody, but it, it's a peasant mentality. You know what I mean? Like we don't know where we're going to get food again. So I have to feed you now. And if I can feed you every time I can, then I'm going to have to feed you. And so it's just a weird kind of thing that we grew up with. Like I knew my great, my grandmother, man, my grandmother, Rosie, man, she was in love with food. She was a big woman until the day she died. She was a big woman. And, um, I love food. I mean, it's, it's the, the heart of everything. You know, you go anywhere, you eat with people. I love to cook. Right. I love to eat. I love to share food with people. You know, Uh, you come over, it's like, Hey, let's sit down and eat. It's the time that, yeah. that's how we, that's how human beings bond a lot of times mm-hmm. is by over a meal. Right. Mm-hmm. So, but yeah, so it's crazy that we were taught that. So I remember growing up being like, you better finish your food. Mm-hmm. Like, and it was crazy is like at Thanksgiving's in my family and my mom's side, especially like, they're like, who ate the most? Oh, I had three plates. Like, you know what I mean? I'm like, <laughs> yeah, holy it's shit. Like, yeah, it's a good thing. Like, yeah. oh, I had three plates. I'm like, holy shit. Like, that one time a year, sure, you should probably have two plates. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? But, like, if that's your goal is to eat who ate the most. Yeah. Kind of crazy, right? Like, it's just weird. So, we're, and it's not blaming anybody. I'm not saying anyone's mm-hmm. to blame or anything like that. But it's just generational norms are passed down to us. And I think genetically our bodies also modify themselves to be able to assume that stuff. So, I always tell people, like, I have peasant genes. Because <laughs> like I look at a piece of fucking bread and I'm like I gained five pounds, you know what I mean? like <laughs> <Same>. <clears throat> it's it literally it's peasant genes. Like to be honest, because our bodies they they adapted to be able to survive. You know what I mean? Yeah. So like I'm sure whatever we come from, you and I, <clears throat> there's like going all the way back, looking back in historical times, our ancestors probably didn't have much food or much anything to survive. So our bodies learn to kind of reclaim whatever it could. Mm-hmm. So literally, I it, if I eat fucking uh, seriously, if I eat a pasta, like I'm gaining three pounds. Like, give me a plate <laughs> of pasta, bro. I'm fucking gaining three pounds. Like, it it just it is what it is. You yeah. know what I mean? I've never been skinny. I will never be skinny. And people okay. are like, 
I fucking hate when people tell me, oh, of course you can, bro. Fucking CrossFit, dude. Fucking whatever, dude. Like, trust me, man. In my past, I have put in some serious work uh, physically. Mm-hmm. And even at my greatest ability, there's no way I even have one corner of an ab <laughs> in my body. You know what I mean? Like, like it's just not going to happen. So right. fuck off, dude. You know what I mean? Just like, come off. on, just fuck off. You know what I mean? Seriously. Take your like, abs and go over there. Yeah. No, and it's okay. I don't need your fucking abs. You know what I mean? Like, right. but, but all of our bodies, there's two different kind of body types. And we scientifically know that some people just retain food for whatever reason. You know, you, we all have that homie who's super skinny. Mm-hmm. And my homie, his name's Oscar Lamelli. <laughs> Shout Look out. him up, Google him. <laughs> I call him Filipas are dry goods because <laughs> this fool is full of a bunch of guts and that's it. Like he's just a skinny scout. Like, no matter how much you feed this guy, yeah. he's 45 or 6 years old now. No matter how much you feed this man, he's still just going to be ripped. Like he's just never, ever going to get a pound. But he's also very active. Right. You know what I mean? But There's the so same. many factors that go into it. Sure. But, but his body type is yeah. that. He's never, ever going to be a fat guy. Even when he's 70 years old, He's going to be a skinny dude. He's going to be like a skinny fat guy. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, like, you know, so like, yeah. like what I'm saying is that like, we all have our body types and stuff and we've all been kind of conditioned to think like what's normal, what's not normal. And I think today's kind of, we're living in a time which is actually pretty cool. Uh, there's two things that I want to talk about with regards to body image today. So I think it's absolutely cool that today people are talking about body image and saying like, Hey, it's okay to be fat as long as you're healthy. It's okay to, to look a certain way as long as you're okay with it. Uh, but I also want people to be realistic about being unhealthy. You know what I mean? So, like, sure. Um, what's that woman's name? Tess Monster? Oh, yes. You know who she is? Yes. Okay. I'm sorry. It's cool to be posi- body positive, but you cannot be healthy at that at that size of, of no. a human you know what i mean she can scream to the high mountains that she's super healthy and body positive and whatever i guarantee you her her numbers are probably not healthy you know what i mean i agree so i i, I think she's promoting a level of um i hate to use a strong word but ignorance to people you know what i mean right like we should aim to try to be healthy all of us should we have one chance in this life we have one body we should cherish it take care of it and do what we can to make it last. Right. Well, for her, like that's, I, you know, to go on that topic too, with, with that situation, it frustrates me because for them, it's more of just a business aspect. She doesn't care what she's putting out there because she's getting paid at the end of the end of the day. Amen. Yeah. There's another girl that I follow who, um, she's, she, I don't know how many followers she has, but she's always, you know, quote unquote working out. But I followed her for a long time when I first found her. I was like, oh, that's really inspirational. I want to, you know, go along for that ride. She hasn't changed at all. But she, now it's just like, oh, I'm doing promos for workout gear. Oh, you know, here I am promoting this. Here's this, you know, protein powder, blah, blah, blah. But I'm like, your body hasn't changed at all. So what the hell are you doing in this right. time? You know, and and finally I started like scrolling through the comments. I was like, I can't be the only one that, you know, sees that. And people were like, you know, how come you're not losing weight? What's going on? And I was like, okay, I'm not crazy. And then all of a sudden now she's working out with a trainer. And I'm like, finally, I think all the heat got to her because people were starting to say like, look, we've been following you for a long time. And, and everybody, you know, it's not easy to lose weight. But right. if you're promoting this healthy lifestyle and you want to be working out all the time, there should be some sort of results following that. Sure. If you, As much as you're quote unquote 
working out, I should see some change, you know. That Tess, uh, is it Tess Munster? Tess Munster. Yeah. She posts workout videos all the time. And I'm yeah. like, dude, she she's, if, and by the way, I'm not body shaming anybody. If that's what you're into, that's what you're into. That, and that's totally fine. And I, and I get it and I respect it and I even support it. But we have to be honest at some point to say like, dude, she cannot be healthy. Like, right. She's, she's probably like what, four, 500 pounds. Something like that. She's, yeah. she's a big she's woman. She's really big. She's yeah. really big. And she's promoting like, I, I think what I'm saying is that what she's doing or what she's feeding to women who really want to get, or men and women who really want to get in shape. And she's feeding them a false narrative. Yes. You know what I mean? Like it, it's not, you can't just eat cheeseburgers on the couch with your sexy, skinny husband who's tattooed up and that makes you a healthy person. Like you have to work for it. Yeah. You of all people know how hard you have to work. Yeah. It doesn't, you don't just lay around. You got to work for that shit. It's not easy. It's not easy. It's an right? everyday struggle. So I think there's a, a stigma that goes along with people who have this kind of surgery. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think, it's weird because people were like, oh, well, she had the surgery. He had the surgery and they cheated. Right. Like, and what's, what's crazy to me is that, um, I, I, I somewhat understand their mindscape only because from the, the, the viewpoint and the lens of, well, they didn't have to work that hard, but I think people don't understand how much work it takes after you have the surgery to continue to keep that up. Right. And, and not just that, but all the things and changes that have, that have to happen in your life for you just to exist. So like you go, you go into a, a hospital or you go to the doctor and you have the surgery. It's not like it stops there. It's like you just have a surgery and all of a sudden you just lose a bunch of weight and there's no work after that. Right. There's a ton of work that happens after that. Right. Like mm-hmm. tell me a little bit about your experience of that kind of work and kind of the stigma um, or why that stigma is kind of in the sense, not it's, misdirected they don't, they don't understand the amount of work it takes after the surgery because i know personally i've watched people in my life that i know personally and i won't put names out there but you know who you are if you're listening and i'm sure they're <laughs> listening they're gonna listen to this podcast for sure i've watched uh, a couple of women in my life who have gone through this transformation and it's by no means been an easy road for them um i think what this did for them is put them on notice and say hey now you're here here's a checkpoint and after this, you have to do X, Y, or Z. Mm-hmm. You have no choice anymore. So how difficult is it after to continue to maintain or to continue to lose weight after you have the surgery? Yeah. So um, I looked at it before I had the surgery. I was like, okay, whether or not I physically move and <clears throat> exercise, change what I eat, I'm going to lose weight no matter what because of the surgery, because I can physically only eat so much food. Right. That's at the end of the day, whether I mean, you know, fries and a burger, pizza, you know, healthy, whatever it is, I'm still going to lose weight because I physically can't hold that much food down. I knew from my own, my goal was I wanted to be strong. And the reason I wanted the surgery ultimately was to be healthy because I didn't want to end up being, you know, 40 years old, can't breathe, can't walk upstairs, huffing and puffing. You're attacking me. Stop attacking (laughs) me. Stop attacking me. I didn't want to, you know, be in the handicap parking (laughs) going forward. But, you know, I, I, I didn't feel good. I didn't feel good about myself. I was pissed off that I was getting sick all the time. And I was like, I'm tired of this crap, you know, and it's only going to get worse from here. You know, my um, diabetes runs in my family. I was like, I don't want that to happen to me. And, And overall, just in general, my health was always good other than my weight. So for me, the goal was always health. Um, but I knew that once the weight was going to start coming off, 
I knew I was going to start, eventually I'd have loose skin from that. And I also knew that I wanted to build muscle. I was like, I don't want to be like, my goal has never been to be skinny because like you said earlier, I know just my body type. I could never be skinny and that's never been something I've wanted. I just wanted to be healthy. I think you're going to be skinny. Thank you. Actually, I don't (laughs) think I know. We'll see. It's going to happen. We'll do a a reunion. Yeah, we'll we'll do a reunion podcast. You guys are going to see the transformation of this woman. It's going to be fucking amazing. It'll be interesting to see because even like if I thought where I am now was anywhere that I could have been, I would have laughed. You know, I just um, I didn't know what to expect. But, um, you know, I wanted I knew I wanted to be healthier. So when I had the surgery, I said, okay, I'm changing everything that I'm eating. I started just doing um, more lean proteins that was pretty much it vegetables but again it took a long time for me to realize what my body could and could not hold down um, which was also its own that's another thing too like you have to relearn what your body's going to take and it was so weird and hard because you'd eat a little bit of stuff and thankfully with the whole like they call it dumping syndrome um, so when people would eat certain things you would either get really sick where you would throw up or you get diarrhea or both um, just depending on how your body took whatever you ate after the surgery um i always had it was just vomit thankfully um <laughs> you know thankfully. thankfully i wasn't like you're like forget chorros i'm not throwing up i'm good puking at the same time but um yeah and it was very rare i didn't i um which i kind of sometimes think is that good or bad you know because it's uh i could still eat pretty much whatever i want now um i would just have to kind of test things out so anything super greasy i can't really have burgers for me was something that i um couldn't eat a lot of for whatever reason I've done a lot of personal testing just on different types of burgers if I make like a homemade one I'm okay but if I eat like in and out um the habit makes me sick sometimes that's interesting yeah um the other thing too is like how fast am I eating it you know do I take a bite let that kind of settle for a few before I eat more um there's so many different things it's just it's weird it's hard to explain until you go through it but to realize how your body changes and and adjusts to all these different foods because I can eat one thing and be fine and eat that same eat the same thing um you know a week later and get sick from it so it just there's a lot of different factors that you have to figure out going over time it's it's really weird are you still experiencing that today like is it the same thing today yeah it's it's just really random rare things um sometimes i'll get uh with sugar if i'm eating candy or something like i can still eat everything i used to eat i just have to eat way less of it um so certain things just depending, um, and I'm still learning that as I go being three years later, um, how much I eat of it, how fast I eat it can, can get me sick. And there's another thing that I've experienced, um, which I'd be interested to know if other people who've had the surgeries go through is, um, I'll start, I'll get really hot and I'll just start sweating. Like my whole body will get instantly like dripping in sweat just randomly mm-hmm. and i get shaky kind of like when you know a diabetic person if their sugar yeah, drops yeah. um or i call the meat sweats when you eat a lot of meat the meat sweats uh you know if you think about it honestly like if i eat a lot of meat i get like that like i can be like oh shit i call it the meat sweats i got the meat sweats bro huh. i wonder yeah because i've been trying <clears throat> to figure out too like trying to pinpoint yeah. what makes what triggers that reaction but it's only that's only happened to me like three times three or four times since i had the surgery but i don't know how long ago did you have it again three years ago ago. yeah yeah so i don't know that's the only weird thing that i didn't really um even when i was researching stuff i didn't hear anybody talk about that it might just be like the mini meat sweats maybe 
the baby sweats. <laughs> the, the, the mini stomach meat sweats, <laughs> you know what I mean? Something, yeah, because it, it's really weird where I, um, I'll i get super shaky. I'll try to eat something, and then just my body is just drenched, and then I'm kind of sick for a few hours. I think, I, I mean, I know it has to do from the surgery. I just can't figure out what makes it happen if it's just a random Interesting. You know, occurrence but um yeah it's a it's an ongoing thing it's not something you just get the surgery and then your life's fixed magically because mentally i still want to eat the same things i ate before you right. know that you know that takes time to work on too to train myself that no i'm not hungry no i don't need to eat that you know what's a better choice for me but physically you can't do it right like i mean i, I guess you can but you would just get sick right right so is that how it works like physically you could be like oh i want this cheeseburger but if you eat the whole thing you're probably going to throw it up. Yeah. Yeah. There's been times where I've definitely pushed it, um, mm-hmm. you know, because it's food. I love it, you know. So yeah. I eat something. I'm like, damn, this is really good. I'll force myself to eat more than I should, and then I'll just throw up. Yeah. That sucks. Yeah. So your body literally is like, no, yeah, that's yeah. enough. You've it's had like it's had enough. So, yeah. So you, but I, I would assume over time you know kind of the levels of what you can push or, or the extent you can push your body to, right? Like, you know, like. Oh, I could have this half a taco, but I can't have the whole taco. Yes. Yeah. You know that, right? Yeah. So. Because for sure, when I first, you know, <clears throat> the first year or so I was eating, you know, just like even to eat like an egg, you know, something like that would take me a long time. Now I could eat two eggs, you know, three eggs if I'm really hungry. But even then it's, I have to space it out. You know, I got to eat it, eat a little bit, give myself a break time to digest, then eat some more. So I definitely, that's one of the things recently that I've, um, I know I've been kind of letting myself fall into bad habits again as far as like overeating when right. I shouldn't. Yeah, so. but three days is no big deal. You're fine. <laughs> but com- yeah, com- it's it's one of the things too, though, where I feel like it's a black hole that I'm falling into. Like I want to keep eating more and more and more. But again, you can still stretch out your stomach. You know? You're being mindful of it, which was, I was that's the next thing I was going to ask. Is that like, so so people who go through the surgery, like they it, it immediately affects them from what they can eat, right? Mm-hmm. As far as the amount. But over time, you can change that. You can. Uh, I've, I've read that you can eat through your stomach pretty much. Like yeah. Expand your stomach to the point where it's back to normal pretty much. Exactly, yeah. So you can have the surgery and you can still gain the weight back. You know, you can, if you fall into those habits and eventually, you know, because you know, it's just kind of a, a trickle effect. You eat, your stomach gets a little bigger, you may throw up, get sick, and then you're like, okay, I'll push it a little more the next time. But that's something that I have to be, aware of because I don't want to fall back into those habits, you know? So that's, I think kind of the disconnect where people think having the surgery is a fix all. It doesn't, it doesn't change anything. I mean, it changes you physically, but you still have to control what you're putting in your mouth. You still have to control getting up and going and exercising. The surgery doesn't affect that. It basically limits the amount you can put in your mouth to a certain extent. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And what's crazy is if you think about it, like, um, there was a, a condition, I think it was called bulimia anorexia. Mm-hmm. You know what that is? Where you eat and then you throw it up. Mm-hmm. Right? So like, if you think about it, this is like, that was the rich girl syndrome, right? Like, yeah, I'm so rich that I'm, I hate myself and I want to be skinny. So I eat a cheeseburger and then I throw it up a minute later. Like this is kind of a surgery in the sense that like kind of is enacting the same thing in a sense. Like you can't eat as much as you'd want to, but you if you do, you can throw it up. Yeah. You just, your body Maybe just rejects so. it. See, I didn't know that. So I had no idea. I just figured like it would go through you, but it wouldn't feel good. <laughs> yeah. No, it, your you know? body literally like you feel so sick and shitty. And, you know, even um, and again, it's dependent upon the food. Like if I eat, you know, some grilled chicken or salmon and some veggies, 
it feels different compared to when I eat a burger and fries or pizza or whatever it is. So the shitty food feels worse? Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's crazy. So what is it? I wonder what it is in the stomach that knows this is knows. not good for you. You know yeah. what I mean? It's but I mean, and I think that translates to, to even people who don't have the surgery. Um, You know, when you eat better, your body, when you eat for fuel versus pleasure. Right. You know, when you're eating, you know, just think of when you're having like a pig out night. Let's say you're doing movies and you want to just eat tacos or, you know, french fries or whatever it is, like heavy fatty foods compared to if you eat a salad or, you know, lean meats or things you like feel that. feel different. Yeah, you want to go lay on the couch and be a slug. But if you eat something that's healthy for you, you feel more energized. That's so crazy. I never th- I never heard this before. So this is like... Really? Yeah. I didn't know that, um, that different foods affect people who have uh, bariatric surgery differently. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's a real eye-opener. Yeah. Like people should realize like, hey, are you eating for sustenance and for um, fuel and energy? Are you eating just to be a fat pig? Just to eat, yeah. Fuck, I hate my life right now. <laughs> I just had an epiphany and I hate myself right now so much. Mind blown. Because yeah. I mean, like it's, it's, it's insane because like, like you said, your stomach now and the condition it's in and the new condition it's in knows the difference between good or bad. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I can instantly feel it. And there's even times where I'll eat something like, if it's a newer food that I haven't really had much since the surgery, I'm like, mm, I'll take one bite and I can just feel it goes down differently. And I'm like, my stomach doesn't like that. So I have to eat, you know, I'll, I'll either crazy. won't eat it all together or I'll just eat it like sparingly. That tells us so much. Mm-hmm. That's insane. Yeah. Yeah. But it's, I mean, even <clears throat> I can tell, I mean, the last few months I haven't been eating the greatest and I haven't exercised, um, kind of lost my motivation and I can definitely tell because I haven't been putting the good food in my body that I feel sluggish. I feel tired. I don't like my sleeping's been off. It, it all affects it. Affects everything, right? Mm-hmm. Well, get back on track. I right? know. Get my shit together. <laughs> all right. So, <laughs> so question for you before the surgery, um, what was your experience like with diets and stuff? Like, like, do you believe in diets? I, I believe in diets, um, diets. Yeah. I never followed them personally just because I don't, I don't like sticking to plans. I know that they're definitely beneficial because you see people who stick to them. Um, but I just honestly, I'm too lazy to stick to a diet. So I knew for me long-term, that was the other thing I was like, yeah, I could do a diet for a couple weeks or a month and I'm going to drop some weight, but long-term it's not feasible for me. I'm not going to be like counting calories, tracking all my food. I just don't like doing that kind of stuff. Um, but before I didn't really try anything, you know, I'd go for a walk with my dog or very minimal stuff. I was always never, um, I was too embarrassed to go to a gym, had no idea what I was doing. I was like, Oh God, everyone's going to look at me, make fun of me. (laughs) Typical, you know? Um, so I just kind of like tried stuff for myself, but I wasn't serious about it. Um, and then pretty much once I had the surgery, I hit the ground running with it. I was just like, all right, get over yourself. You had this major surgery, go to the gym, figure it out. So I just went, I kind of just would watch what other people would do on a machine. And then I would go on it after them and I'd be like, okay, like I'd try it out. Like, this is how the machine works. Okay. I got that. Um, and just kind of go from there. And then, um, yeah, never, I've never done really diets at all. I just, I don't. I don't like to follow that stuff. Um, so yeah. for me, I just changed what I was eating where it was just, I would um, grill and saute vegetables every day. I would try to eat minimal carbs um, and just lean meats. And if I wanted pizza or I wanted to eat something like a cheat meal, I would just eat it. I just wouldn't eat four pieces of pizza. I'd eat one or two. Right. 
that's important. So, so see, for me, like diets, everything, right? Like, I think people don't realize the amount of food in America. Well, let me let me let me re say that. Uh, uh, diet is everything in America because in America we have such a worse fucking diet in the room. It's terrible. <laughs> it it it's it's we're blessed to have such a high calorie content diet that tastes so good. But it's really bad for our bodies. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like, you go to like, you know, anywhere in Europe, you get a little plate of food, and Americans are like, "I'm fucking starving, dude. Where's the second and third or fourth yeah. course? Where's the rest of it?" Yeah, and I'm like, dude, that, that's what you get. You get like, <laughs> you get a five ounce steak. What are you talking about? Like, that's what you got. Well, I want more. Yeah, because we like, you know, you go to like a, a fast food place, right? And you buy a meal, and there's like a huge burger, right? Like, you go to cars and you get a Double Western bacon cheeseburger, right? And it's right. like this huge burger. And then you get like a five-gallon soda with it. Well, and a five-gallon <laughs> soda. And you get like fries. Even before you get to the soda, there's fries. Like there's extra large fries. It's like another two pounds of fries. And then you get a soda and you're like, there's like three or four pounds of just sugary water. Like our diet is so disgusting. Trash. It's, it's literally so trash. Bad. Yeah. It is so bad. But it's so good is the problem. You know what I mean? Like, like the fact that. We, we're suffering from like what I call influenza, you know, mm-hmm. influenza, meaning that we have a lot of money and we're spoiled and it's first world problems. It like, really is. You know what I mean? We're, influenza, meaning that like, dude, there's so much money that we even are. Okay. Let me put it this way. I was watching a show the other night about uh, the homelessness problem in Los Angeles. Mm-hmm. And these homeless are fat as fuck. Like, where in the world do you have the worst population in your society, like the most uh, under, uh, the population that is the poorest, Mm -hmm. be able to be the fattest? Like, how do you have fat hobos? (laughs) You know what I mean? Right. How do you have fat hobos? That's such a 1980s word. Hobos, Hobos, fat hobos. How, How do you have fat homeless people? It's insane. Right. And, they're, and they're not just fat. Like, they're fat. They're out of shape. And they're okay with it. They're like, yeah, it's cool, man. I got a tent on downtown fucking whatever street it is. Living you know? life. Yeah. And they're living life. And they're fat. Like, like, dude, there's not a homeless person in this world outside of America that's fucking fat. Right. And if there is, then they're suffering from the same influence that we are. Like, we have a problem. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it's food. It's food. A lot of it is food. We're so out of tune with what our body actually needs. You know, right. like you said, it's like you get, you're used to having huge portions of everything. Like it's more and more and more. It's like, I want to pay less for more food. Oh yeah. Well, I always tell people, so I, I've said this before in the podcast, before I'm going to tell the story again, that like we don't realize how good we have it as Americans. And it drives me crazy. It, it makes me, it makes me sick. And this isn't the problem with my mind. Like my mindscape is that I get st- stuck on thoughts like this. That makes me grossed out. And I will never forget just, um, I'm not going to tell the story again, but let me just say it this way. Like you can go to the store today. You can go to Jack in the box today and you can buy a fucking jumbo Jack. And that jumbo Jack has beef in it. It has bread in it. It has a slice of cheese. It has lettuce in it. It has mayo and it has ketchup in it. Those are six ingredients that, and you could buy that for like a dollar and change. Right. Right. And it's full of probably a thousand plus calories. It's probably not the best for you. It's probably a bunch of shit ingredients. Uh-huh. But you can do that 
and you don't know you don't have to know how to raise cows and slaughter them you don't know how to find the the germs and stuff it it takes uh to to raise wheat mm-hmm. to make bread you don't know how to you don't have to know how to raise um uh or how to grow lettuce yeah or how to grow tomatoes to make tomato to make ketchup like all these things you know what I mean or mayo chickens or whatever no what's mayo from eggs oil. eggs from eggs right mm-hmm. so you don't have to know how to raise chickens and whatever else to make yeah. mayo like People you can don't buy, appreciate what it's goes just into such making. a high calorie content for such a little bit of money and we're so fucking spoiled our diet is shit our diet has been shit for generations mm-hmm. now and again i say it's it's because we have a peasant diet it's been a peasant diet since world war ii because we've been afraid that we couldn't feed people and that was a problem then it's not a problem now but again when the homeless are fucking fat as fuck mm-hmm. you says have a to, lot it says a lot about your, your your society your community you know what i mean come on man like these guys, like literally these guys are fat as fuck. Yeah. I mean, well, when <laughs> like, you, you think about it too, it's like, oh, you can go to the drive through and spend like, well, now it's a little bit more, but five, 10 bucks and you can get a whole meal oh, yeah. of shit. Well, just for a snack though, like you're eating an entire meal and a snack, right? You go to the drive through, you already had dinner mm-hmm. and then now you're eating fucking licorice, popcorn, buttery popcorn, so fucking so, so good right <laughs> exactly right so good it's fucking soda right like all this stuff we're just shoving like we're just shoving like corn and sugar and shit in our gullet mm-hmm. like it's crazy it's weird we're, we're suffering from a, like i said i call it influenza like it, it's a, it's a, we're in we're affluent mm-hmm. maybe i should call it affluenza affluenza Affluence. that might be the proper term sorry i, I messed that up but affluenza like we're, we're, in other words it's like a flu and a sickness of having so much, you know what I mean? Right. So, well, and again, it's, are you eating to fuel your body or are you eating for pleasure? Right. You're eating just because it's there. And then now even with everybody working from home, you have access to your kitchen all oh. day. That's one of my struggles too, is like every couple hours I'm like, oh, I need, you know, I want a snack. I'm not hungry. I'm just snacking because the freaking fridge is right there. Yeah. You know, and, and I have to stop myself and think about that all the time. And then my fat ass is over here working in underwears all day. <laughs> I'm in my tarantrans, my yeah, chonies, you know. Stretchy what I mean? pants on. I've been in my chonies for like years though. I haven't worked. I've been working from home for years, even before Corona. So, for me, like it was like it wasn't a big change, right? But I realized though, and I actually looked back, like, hey, dude, you started getting fat, like when you started working from home, because I just been hanging out my underwear all day, right? Yeah, and you're you don't go anywhere, you don't move, you have no reason to uh, to get up and be on well, the couch. Stop lying. I go from my couch. <laughs> To my office, room to, to, room. The, to the to the refrigerator. Yes, you know what I mean. So, <laughs> but yeah, yeah, we we we're in a weird time, and 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 diet to me is a big part of what we have to look at first. You know what I mean? But it's not aside from diet though. It's also education and teaching the next generation that hey, we're not starving. You don't have to finish every fucking droplet on your plate. That's still hard for me even to yeah. this day. You yeah. know, I mean it's. To get up and waste food. Because well, also when I grew up, it was like, you don't waste food. You don't throw food. You save it or at least finish it, you know. Right. So it's hard. But again, it's a lot of it is the mental. That's the biggest, even harder than the actual physical part of it is mental. And what about serving size, right? Like serving size is everything, right? Like, so in other words, if you're a kid and I'm feeding you or myself, I don't have to give you like fucking five portions of protein and five portions of whatever else like i gotta give you the 
proportionate protein like that you need. Right. So like back to my grandmother, like she would love to feed me like here. Mm-hmm. You wanna, are you hungry? Have you ate? No, here's some food. Like you don't have to always eat. Right. Even my grandma, when she sees me, she's <clears> like, you need to eat. Like, stop starving yourself. I'm like, Thoa. I call her Thoa. Yeah. I'm like, I'm not starving myself. I'm eating. I'm Is it grandma I know? Louise Kohler? No, that's my, uh, that's my dad's. Your other, that's your dad's grandma. Yeah. Okay. But my mom's mom. Okay. Um, but yeah, so even like, it's hard for her because <clears throat> she's known me my whole life, you know? And I think it kind of equates with, they think if you're skinny, you're not eating, you're not healthy, you're not being able to take care of yourself, you know? But I'm right. like, I'm still healthy, you know? Even technically at the weight I am, I'm still obese compared to, you know, like standards of that stupid ass chart, sure. which I don't even follow, but it's just things like that where it's just like, it's such a mind trip, you know? Yeah. That chart's stupid too. The B you're, you're talking about the, the uh, BMI, BMI index. Yeah. Yeah. So that was, again, that was, that was a peasant chart when people were super skinny. Freaking crazy. Yeah. I think based on that chart, <clears throat> I still need to lose like 70 pounds or something to be at a healthy weight for right. my height. And I'm just like, what? To be a fucking skeleton. Yeah. Not interested. <laughs> but you know, that chart was based upon the uh, food pyramid. And, and again, back to your cousin, Robert, mm-hmm. um, our food pyramid is completely upside down. You know what I mean? Back then it was a peasant pyramid to make people um, eat in a way that would help them literally get fat because you wanted carbohydrates to be the number one, most important thing on the pyramid, the very pinnacle of the pyramid, so that people could retain calories because back then they didn't know they were going to feed people. Mm-hmm. You know, so like it's it's just a, again, we're in a very weird place <laughs> where we haven't really analyzed that chart and said, hey, no, it shouldn't be carbohydrate first. It should be proteins and fats and all the things that matter for us, or for our bodies to be able to be um, the healthiest they can be, right? Mm-hmm. So, but yeah, we're man, I don't even know. It's such a loaded topic because there are so many people out there who are going to go, well, whatever, fats are bad and protein's bad and eating animals are bad and you should be vegetarian mm-hmm. and whatever else. And again, I'm going to tell you all, just look at Inuits and Eskimos. Mm-hmm. There's no obesity. And those people, they eat animals and fats and that's all they eat. They don't even need a fucking touch of broccoli. Like, what the and, fuck's and, and, and they're like, what the fuck is kale for? That goes on my steak to make it look cute. You know what I mean? What the fuck is that? You know garnish. I mean? yeah. And they live fine. They have no heart disease. They have no obesity. You know what I mean? So, but again, I think, I think there are different body types. Yeah, it's not I, the same for everybody. hundred percent. I think when it comes to <clears throat> how you eat for your health and what makes sense to you is absolutely... 100% tied to your body makeup and your biology. You know what I mean? To me, again, me, always been a fat guy. Never going to be a skinny guy. No matter how hard I try. Now, now I'll be skinnier than I am now. I'm a fat piece of shit right now. <laughs> I'm going to be skinnier than I am now, and I'm going to get back in, back into being, you know, I'm going to bring fucking sexy Javi back. You know what I mean? Yes. I'll bring a sexy back for sure. But You have all the gym space. Oh, it's, all, it's amazing, right? <laughs> I want to come over and be like, let's do this shit. <laughs> you and I can work out yeah. for sure. Let's do it. Um, yeah, you're like 15 minutes away from my house. Uh, you're close to that. You're out here, right? You're yeah. in the same area? Okay, cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm in the same area. But yeah, we can totally do that. But like, it's it's genetic makeup is everything. And people don't... That's another thing too that I want to talk about is kind of, um, the body dysmorphia aspect of this, right? So I know 
that there are a lot of people that I know personally. <clears throat> I know I know some women today who are like the hottest women in the fucking world, like extremely hot, like super duper sexy. Like you can look at them and go, "Oh my god!" Like who blessed you with that body? <laughs> and they still look at themselves and go, uh, "I hate it. I don't, I don't like, like my body. I don't have that that fourth ab." Like right. Get the fuck out of here. <laughs> Are you kidding me? Yeah. And, and what's crazy is it's mind-blowing to me, you know? And in a sense, I realize that they're they're not just being humble, but there's a, there's a part of them who truly believes that. Mm-hmm. And that makes me really sad. I'm like, I'm like, look at you. Like you have no there's a girl, there's a girl on my Instagram today in my DMs who's amazing. She's a nice person. And I'd be like, Dude, your body is amazing. Like, you should be proud of yourself. And she's like, no, I'm not. Like, I, you don't understand. Like, it's just not good enough yet. Right. And I'm talking like, this chick is like hotter than J-Lo hot. And I'm like, dude, as a friend, I'm telling you, yeah. like, you stop it. Because no matter, no amount of nip or tuck or minus calorie content you eat is going to solve the problem that you feel in your heart right now. Right. You know what I mean? Like, like you are what most women wish they could have. Yeah. And you still don't think it's You're good enough. happy with it. Yeah. It's insane to me. I don't, I don't understand that the pressure on women today. And I've talked about this a lot on the podcast and also on, on Instagram is it, it makes me genuinely sad. Like it makes my soul feel genuinely dead and sad mm-hmm. that the amount of pressure on women to may today on women makes them feel that they have to look a certain way or feel a certain way. And they go to the extent of like these surgeries and all these other things to make themselves look good. I'm not talking about, we'll touch on that again, uh, uh, rather in the future about, or in a few minutes, rather about corrective surgery. You know what Mm -hmm. I mean? We'll talk about that. I'm not talking about corrective surgery for a reason. I'm talking about there's so many women today doing surgeries just to, just to feel sexy. Right. And I'm like, holy shit, man. Like you're, you're, you are already perfect. Right. But in their minds, for whatever reason, I'm, I'm trying to understand the female mindscape. And I, I don't think I ever will because I'm a man. No. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't think I'll ever understand that. But but I wish I could so I could find a solution for them because it does make me sad that women feel the need to like really um, do all they do just to feel cute. And again, because there's some women I know who are like, I'm talking like Instagram thought hot. You know what yeah. I mean? Like I'm talking like. There's no way you can potentially feel bad about it. What the fuck? If I had your body, I would be. I'm not gonna go too, too with it. <laughs> but let's just say it would, it, I would never leave my bed. You know what I mean? Right. Like, like, you know? Yeah. So. Well, I think too. Everybody's, you know, with. It's because everyone's comparing themselves to this image on social media. That's not even a real thing. So you don't even know. Like, people don't know what people look like in real life, and especially oh. now with quarantine we aren't around people as much as we were, yep. you know, but it's, you know, you go out, people have stretch marks, people <clears> have cellulite, people's bodies move and jiggle. Like that's normal, but right. you don't see that on Instagram. You know, sure. you don't see the one picture, the one video, but there was 900 photos before that. And then even then that photo is still changed with a million different apps. Or they know? post the same fucking picture from like five years ago. Yeah. Where it's like, come on, do you don't look Yeah. Yeah. You know, so it's uh, in people's heads. I, I you know, I love social media and the internet and technology, but at the same time, I hate it, you know, because I think of when I grew up, we didn't have all that stuff. We were just out cruising around with our friends. You know, you weren't thinking about 
all these other people who are on Instagram posting a little snippet of their life, which who knows what's really going on. I mean, I know people personally who, um, you know, are not, not happy, but that does is not what's portrayed on their social media. You know, yeah. I mean, it's no different than somebody like coming into my DMS being like, Hey, we should hook up, blah, blah, blah. If but I then can show fi- my DMS five minutes later, like I love my wife. I love my kids. I love this. And that. I'm like, all right. It's social media. If only I can show my DMs <laughs> for five minutes. Yeah, you know, so that's all social media is. And I think, um, you know, it's people need to remember that. But it's it's hard because everyone's so brainwashed, you know. So you see that. I mean, I, I still see it. You know, I look through <clears throat> social media. And I'm like, damn, that girl has a nice body. Like, you know, I want to look like that, this and that. But I've, I'm finally at a place now where I feel a lot more comfortable. And I think it finally clicked in my head, like, okay, I look like a normal person and that's all I wanted. And that's all I ever wanted because I think prior to, I don't know. Weight, I thought you were a normal person before. <laughs> Thank you. I, I personally thought, I personally thought you were very attractive before. You know what I mean, I, th- I always you. thought you were at, at whatever size, but I think you are today a, an entirely different human. I've 100%. watched, I've watched yeah. you evolve. And that to me is like everything. Right? I'm like, that's awesome. Like I watch you, I see where you were then and where you are today. And I'm like, fucking amazing. Yeah. So Thank to you. me, you're welcome. Of course, to me, to me, it's like people are always going to judge you no matter what. Right. And so like you post a lot of very um, personal things online about your body, about yourself. And I see you. I see. I see sometimes where you're struggling still, you know, mm-hmm. and I, every time I say I'm like, God damn it. Stop it. Because <laughs> like. Just if yeah, you we've had multiple conversations. Yeah. And I'm, I'm like, helpful. if you would have saw yourself from where you are to where you are today, like, stop it. Like, you're doing fucking amazing and keep it going. You know what I mean? Right. It's an example of why it makes me sad for women. I'm like, I'm like, God, I just want to, like, if I could put my arms out there and hug every fucking woman in the world and be like, just stop feeling that way. Yeah. It's okay. You know what I mean? Because the reality is to me, and I've proven this with like polls. I've done multiple polls on my Instagram I page. I love those. Yeah. Yeah. Where I do those, where women, people, women are like, oh my God, I didn't realize that men don't care. I'm like, men don't fucking care. They really don't. We and that's don't care. It's something more, I've come to learn and I'm just like, all right, like that, that helps out a lot. You have a good looking guy now, right? Tall, skinny, good yeah. looking guy in your life, right? No man bun though. Yeah. No, <laughs> hey, thank God, man. This girl, like she used to tell me she wanted a guy with a man bun. I'm like, fuck a man bun, man. So, 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 so like, look at that guy, right? He's a good, I, I don't know him by any means, but I've seen him on your, on your pages, a tall, good looking guy. And I'm like, look. You found that guy. Right. He's not Which I never, I never would have thought, you know, prior. Right. You know, and, um, and he loves me and, and tells me all the time. He's like, you need to stop obsessing on it. He's like, I love you the way you are. I think you're beautiful. I love your body, you know, and even then still in my mind, I'm like, no, fuck this shit, you know, but it's definitely helped me, yeah. you know, because it's, it's not about men. It, 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 again, back to the point, it's about the mindscape of how do we solve that problem in women's minds that it's, it, it's, it's deeper than nip and tuck. It's deeper mm-hmm. than skin. It's deeper than fat. It's deeper than all those and, things. You and know? women are the cattiest to other women. Oh I mean, God. more than anything, like I, that's one thing I've never understood. You know, it's like, you can just see a girl and, they just instantly don't like you for whatever reason. And I'm just like, what the hell? Like I was just saying, Hey, have a good day, you know? And yeah. it just makes no sense, you know? But, um, yeah, I think it's an important for people to remember that it's okay. Everyone's going to be beautiful to somebody, you know, it doesn't have, I don't know why everything has to be such a competition. 
either. Right. That's true. Yeah, for sure. Because you could think one girl is the most beautiful girl you've ever seen. Another dude could think not, not attracted to her at all. You know, doesn't yeah. mean that person's ugly. It's just not your type. Yeah. I just think we're so hard on people these days, man. It, it, it's crazy how hard we are. And, and we should, we should be hard on people when it comes to health. Like I'm okay with that. Right. Mm-hmm. For instance, I'm okay. Um, with my friend coming to me saying, Javi, you're a fat piece of shit. Get it together. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like right. I'm okay with that. I've heard that, you know, in my life recently. And I'm like, all right, good. I'm going to get on it. Yeah. All right. Girl, you thanks, know what? man. I appreciate good it. Good looking you know what out. Mean? We shouldn't be soft on people, but we should also understand that like there are other things that are working here. You know what I mean? And, and, I've said it before, man. I said it before and I'll say it again. Like, I feel like Hollywood, um, these Instagram thoughts, I feel like gay men in Hollywood. If you've ever worked in Hollywood and I have some connections that I, I've done things in that space in the past, mm-hmm. if you ever work with like gay men in Hollywood, they're ruthless. They're like, that. bitch, this centimeter here is not enough. You better fix that shit. Like, there's like, you know, your waist here is not snatched enough, bitch. You better get that together. Like, I, I always say that there's three things that bother me the most about women's self-esteem. Mm-hmm. And it's women first, Hollywood second. And I say women first because they're responsible for their own self-esteem. Right. We're all responsible for our happiness and our self-esteem. And I say Hollywood and then I say gay men in Hollywood. <laughs> and I say that just out of experience as a joke, but it's true, man. I mean, if you look at like the pressure on women is insane to yeah. look good. But it doesn't come from men. And that's the crazy thing. I want me to understand. It's not we are going to love you and care about you and respect you for who you are. Even if I met you when you're the hottest chick in the world and you gained 30 pounds over a few years. Yeah. I'm still going to love the fuck out of you. Yeah, because you love the person. I love you. The personality, not, yeah. the heart, the yes. soul. Yeah. And guess what? That extra 30 pounds just means it's a bigger ass for me to smack and ride that wave. <laughs> you know what I mean? You know? Like, so... I, I I really wish from the bottom of my heart, genuinely, that women can learn to learn to love themselves. Yeah. More than anything. And I've said that again and again and again. And it it really pains me. I see it every day. I see it every day. Yeah. I, 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 there's women that um interact with online who are like super duper hot. Like extremely hot. Like, I'm going to get another surgery done. I'm like, why are you doing that? Like, right. you, you genuinely do not need that. Like, yeah, you, you don't were, need to do that shit. You were Instagram thought hot. Like, you don't need to do that. Yeah, but I need to cut this eighth of an inch off my waist. I'm like, what the fuck? I would also like to know where do they get all this money from? Because Ooh. surgery is fucking well, expensive. Hey, the stimulus Only checks fans? are about to hit. <laughs> all these girls are going to have a T1. That's a special real yep. quick. Yep. You know what I mean? So let's talk about plastic surgery because that's, that's another point. Uh. I want to touch on is that I've been, I wouldn't call it critical. I've been a uh, joke. Would. would you? <laughs> Maybe. But, but, but I, I, I've been uh, talking a lot of shit about women who get plastic surgery because though, I feel that a lot of like, like not a lot, but maybe like 90% of what I see online is women who genuinely don't need it mm-hmm. in my eyes. That's my personal opinion. Um, But I feel like women like you, go through a whole process of losing a ton of weight and going through um, the change in your body, right? So, like, you've lost 80 pounds. It's a huge amount of weight, mm-hmm. right? So, if I lost 80 pounds, oh, my God, I would need surgery, too. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you never know. That's the thing, too. And I'm going to need surgery after I A little nip-tuck. 
<laughs> you know? No, no, no. But what I've seen is, is, is I've been critical in the sense of, in a joking manner, just mm-hmm. putting women on notice that, like, you don't need that, in my opinion. But there are women, in my personal opinion, like you, friends, for example, who have lost so much weight. I've seen the transformation in your body. You post pictures of yourself um, before and after. You post what you look like now. And you post very vulnerable pictures of yourself, right? Mm-hmm. And I see you needing that surgery. And that's fine. To me, fucking awesome. That's what the surgery was made for, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. It wasn't made so you can go to TJ and get a fucking Brazilian butt lift. Right. Because you wanted an extra inch on your butt to look cool on Instagram. Right. It was if For women like you, I'm looking forward to seeing your results. Me and, too. Yeah. <laughs> And when you're when they're done, I'm gonna be like, God damn. <laughs> Me and too. Yeah. And your man's gonna be like, God damn. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> so so I'm looking forward to those those results. That's what those surgeries were made for for me. So I just want to clear the air and say tell people like, look, I'm critical about the bullshit. But when it comes to this kind of thing, I'm all for it. Yeah. Hundred percent. For corrective stuff, a hundred percent. But I also think I've thought about this too, because prior to me losing weight, um, I used to feel very anti-plastic surgery. I was like, you know what? Just be happy with what you were born with. Um, you know, there's no reason for that. That's ridiculous, blah, blah, blah. But now um, I definitely have to say that my mindset has changed. Um, you know, I, I kind of feel like there's not, there is a difference between needing a surgery like with the excess skin but I look at somebody, um, there's another girl that I follow on Instagram who has had a lot of um, plastic surgery, like nose job, veneers, you know, everything. She looks totally different, boob job. Um, but how is it, you know, me feeling self-conscious about my skin, I don't really see as uh, different from somebody else, let's say, feeling self-conscious about their nose. Maybe they hate the way their nose looks or, you know, whatever <coughs> it is. Um so now that I've I've actually gone through my experience and living with my skin and my body the way it is now, it's something that bothers me every day. You know, it's a huge thing. So I kind of have flipped my feelings on that because at the same time, I'm like, you know what, if you if you feel like something on your face is you're not happy with or you want to do a, a cosmetic surgery because that's something you can't change your nose, you know, you can't, right. you know, that's not something you can work out. If you want to physically change it because you hate to see that every day in the mirror, yep. I don't think that's really wrong either. Um, but I do think there's that line of where people get uh, obsessed with the surgery and then I wonder, you know, were these doctors that are saying like yeah you know you you look really fucking scary but we're still going to go ahead and do these surgeries at the end of the day they're getting paid i think that's kind of the fine line where it's like oh i agree you know yeah like okay you know you want a nose job let's fix up your nose but this is your you know 45th facial surgery at what point do you say okay this is more of like a you need to maybe do some therapy figure stuff out before you You gotta learn to love yourself baby girl yeah because at that point you know it's it's a little scary. And that's also something I've thought about too, is do what if I get addicted to the surgeries? You know, I don't think I will. Um, I've done a lot of thinking on that because I've kind of, um, the way I've thought of things is, uh, you know, I'm, I know I'm not going to have a quote unquote perfect body. You know, I, um, I don't know. The doctors are amazed these days. Maybe we'll see. The amount of weight weight you lost, I'm I'm looking forward to it. Yeah. Me too. Hopefully you're a man. Don't get upset, but I'm looking forward (laughs) to seeing the after. I'm looking forward to the afters, bro. Don't worry. There'll be plenty of before Uh, and afters. 
Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I like, I'm okay now. Um, you know, I'm like, okay, I'm going to have stretch marks. I'm going to have cellulite. I'm not going to be, you know, a size two. That's not what I want. You know, for me, it's just now I'm at this point where I've lost the weight. I'm pretty much at, you know, I'm happy with my weight now. I, my goal ultimately is to lose maybe like 20 more pounds or so fat and then just focus on building muscle. Cause I want to be strong. I don't want to be skinny. I want to be right. strong and then just get rid of the excess skin and that's it. Um, you know, even like when I did my consultation with the doctor, he was saying, um, <clears throat> was recommending, uh, implants, which I'm not really excited about because it's never appealed to me. Um, I've accepted that I've always had small boobs anyways. So that's not an issue for me, but just depending on how it, you know, if I do a lift or I do implants, whatever. Get the boobs, girl. I, I'm probably going to. If you're going to do it, you might as well. <laughs> but they're going to be little baby boobs. But <laughs> little, baby little babies, because I don't, I don't know. Babies. I don't personally, not a fan of the, of big boobs or implants. Like yeah. I don't like that look, but I just want, get, cause get a, get a good C cup or something, you know, a D cup. Something normal. I don't want to look like, I just want to look normal. See, on your body, a good D cup would be fine too. You know I don't mean? know. Could, That's a little pushing it for me. I, uh, you'd be surprised. Uh, I think, I don't know. Whatever. I guess we'll see. We should, we'll see. We'll I'm looking forward to, I'm looking forward <laughs> to seeing the before and afters. Not I'm from, sure not are. from a pervert perspective <laughs> at all. But just because I've seen your transformation, yeah. you know what I mean? Like, like, it's it's gonna be amazing. And and women like you again, to me, this passivity aspect is amazing. I'm glad it's we crazy can, what they can do. I'm glad we can do that today. You know what I mean? Yeah. I'm glad we can do that today. You know, and so I'm looking forward to seeing where it goes. It's it, it pretty soon or no? No, I'm right now. I'm in the saving stage because I did get. Okay. I found the doctor that I want to go to. <clears throat> um, that's like. You know, a lot of people are like, just go to TJ, whatever, blah, blah, blah. But one, I, I know for what I need to do, it's a huge undertaking. So I don't want to be that far from home. Um, right. And <clears throat> I was going more off of results than cost. Um, for me, it's like, yes, I know plastic surgery is going to be expensive no matter what. But I did find the doctor that I want to go to. Um, I love his results. I did a consultation with him. I spoke with him for over an hour on the phone. He walked through. Um, that was a interesting experience too because you have to send photos over so i had to have my sister take naked photos of me <laughs> your sister's probably tired of taking naked photos of you. she's like bitch i don't want to get more she's pictures like, again you. jesus christ um but no so you have to take um you know pictures from all sides with your arms out and everything so they could see everything and that was really hard for me still you know right. so i was like oh god um so we did that sent the pictures and then he did um you know, he did markings on there of where the skin would be removed, what, you know, what his plan was. So we talked, um, and just like, I fell in love with him instantly. I just got this gut feeling. I was like, I want this guy to do my surgeries. Yeah. Uh, Um, and so did that, got the estimates and everything super fucking expensive. Um, Oh, I bet. Especially in America. Yeah. And he's in Beverly Hills. Oh, so you're going for the, yeah, you're going for like the fucking botched, no, episodes. not no. no I'm just kidding. <laughs> you ever seen that show? Out. That show's yes. crazy. Yeah, that's crazy. I don't want that Oof. to be me. No, I'm sure but you. It, those are really one-off cases. I'm just kidding, by the way. I'm sure you. I'm not not worried about it. you know. That was one of the things too where I've <clears throat> I've looked um, and seen and what I was most impressed with was his before and afters and and for me also, kind of going back to that ENT doctor who was a total dick to me. The fact that this doctor took the time to speak with me <clears throat> about my photos, went in depth with me, answered any of my questions. I wasn't, didn't feel like I was just another number to him when I hadn't even, I'm not even guaranteed to be a patient of his. Right. You know? um, so I did enjoy that. Um, so yeah, now I'm just kind of saving 
trying to figure out how I'm going to finance it because it's a lot of money. Um, it's expensive, man. Really fucking expensive. Um, and yeah. I wish I would have thought of it, you know, a few years ago and started saving for it. But I didn't know at that time what my body was going to look like. Insurance doesn't cover none of it, huh? Um, they said you can in some cases, just depending. But it's really comes down to whoever's looking at the claim. Like the lady that I talked to at the office was like, you know, I've seen people who I thought 100% they would approve the claim to get covered and they don't and vice versa. Interesting. So, yeah, it sucks. Damn. But I'm going to try, I'm going to try to see, um, I talked to my physical or my, my primary doctor and he's like, if I, there's anything I can write for you to help you out, um, you know, I'm going to try. I'm going to file claims. I'm going to bitch about it. I'm going to appeal the claims and see because my other, my goal on that is since they said, all of my medical records say I was sick because of my weight. So I want to say, you know, this surgery is because, of, being is because of my sickness. So I feel like that's reason to be covered. And this loose skin is a result of that surgery I had oh, to surgery. help with my health. So yeah. we'll see. I'll cross that bridge when I get there. Good luck. I, ho- I hope they, uh, hope they can figure that out for you. You know what I mean? Cause yeah, again, I, I've been critical of plastic surgery because it's getting out of hand, <laughs> in my opinion. I agree. Yeah. It's definitely getting out of hand, in my opinion. But um, it's just, it's so, it's like trendy now, which is weird. Yeah. It's, it's trendy like, oh, you don't now. don't like that? Just have a surgery. Yeah. It's so it's weird to me. Weird. I'm like, God, man. I just want women to love themselves more, you know? That's right. my, my biggest thing that has been on my mind lately for some reason. I don't know why, but it's like, dude, I look at women, I'm like, God, love yourself, you know? Like, just fucking love yourself like us men do not care it's you that has to learn right. to love yourself you know and it's you know the last few years has really been an eye-opener for me and i've come such a long way too i'm definitely not there where i want to be but i can actually like look at myself and feel good about myself and kind of similar to what we were talking about earlier where it's like that line of confidence versus cockiness and being full of myself and you know i don't feel that way at all i feel like I feel grateful that I've come this far and that I'm healthier than I was. Um, But it's definitely a cool feeling to be able to enjoy getting dressed, to try on different outfits, to feel pretty. You know, it's, that's something I never really felt before, you know, and that's part of the thing where I think a lot of people you see on social media where they start losing weight and then people start saying, Oh, now you're posting pictures in your underwear and this and that. But from, I see both sides of it, but at the same time, I've spent my entire life covered up because I didn't like the way it looked, right. you know? So it's like, if I want to wear, you know, a bralette or something and like post a picture about it, I'm like, I feel good, you know? Right. And, and it's just, it's just the beginning too. Like yeah. post-surgery, I can't wait to see how you feel and how you look and how you're going to feel about yourself. Like I'm, I'm, I'm super excited for that to be honest. Yeah. Like I'm really excited to see that happen for you. You know what I mean? And Shit, I'm about to start GoFundMe for you. Yeah, that'd be awesome. <laughs> I've, I've I've been researching ways because, um, I mean, how much how much money are we talking? Well, I need to have multiple surgeries, but the first surgery I want to have is a full um, tummy tuck lift. So they basically cut in the front all the way yeah, across, know, yeah. and then in the back too. And then I need to do a thigh lift too. So they cut from here to here and then remove the excess skin, and that's about thirty-five to forty thousand. Jesus and then Christ. And then um, the second one I'm going to do is my arms. So the skin on my arms and then um, on the back because I have a lot of skin here. And then the boobs and that one's about 30,000. So like 60, 70,000. Jesus Christ. Which is a lot. And I know, again, I know I could research different doctors and you can go to Mexico and blah, blah, blah. But, you know, I at the end of the day, 
I'm looking for results that are going to make me happy and going with somebody that I trust and, yeah. you know, cause it's like, yeah, I could get a good deal, go somewhere else and find, you know, maybe decent results or I have to get it fixed later or something, you know, but I'm going with, you know, God, these doctors are making a killing a huh? shit ton. Yeah. So it's really expensive, but yeah. I mean, I'm obviously going to have to finance that, um, you know, so I'm planning, figuring it out one way or another. It's not a matter of, of if it's a matter of when. You know, just figuring yeah. out how I'm going to make it happen. Oh, I know it's going to happen. I yeah. know you, I know your family, so I know it's going to happen. Yeah, I didn't come this far to give up, <laughs> you know, I'm so. ready for it. But it's definitely, it's hard because I, I want it so bad, um, but it's not something you can just, you know, go pick go up do. at the store. You got to like, expensive. yeah, you got to plan it. So. Son of a bitch, it's a lot of money. I'm yeah. trying to think of ways to raise that kind of money. Um, I know. It's, it's, I was definitely shocked. I knew it was going to be a lot of money, but. Um, you know, I just look at it as another obstacle that I'm going to tackle one way or another. Oh, you'll get through it. Yeah. Totally get through it. So how was your, um, how, how has this journey of yours affected like anxiety, depression? Um, how has it affected mental health? I think mental health is a big part of this and, you know, mm-hmm. kind of touched on it already, but how has it really affected you, um, before, after, middle, journey, maybe even after. Like, where do you see yourself getting, you know, you started off in a rough place, right? Mm-hmm. You're now kind of in the middle part of it. Mm-hmm. And then where do you see yourself mentally, you know, after you've taken care of everything? And now you're this hot chick on fucking <laughs> Cabo San Lucas in the bikini, you know what I mean? Like, I wish. Like, <laughs> like, like, like how, how, I mean, because I, I know that, like, for me, um, the the entire kind of roadmap along this kind of path of feeling you know really big and not good about yourself and that mm-hmm. kind of stuff and losing a bunch of weight and going through the stomach surgery and then plastic surgery to correct you know what 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 you need to correct mm-hmm. like I feel like there's a whole sort of part of mental health tied to that when it comes to anxiety depression. Um, those kinds of, I, I, I'm sure that has to be a big part of it. Definitely. Um, I feel now a world away from where I was a couple of years ago. I feel like a person now. Um, wow, that's deep. Yeah. I, I used to feel very, um, like, I feel like people see me now than before. I was just, I feel like a lot of people, when you look at someone who's overweight, you don't think of them as a person. Um, but now I notice things. Fuck, I'm hating myself more now, man. <laughs> Holy shit. Um, you know, and, and I'm just a naturally very, like, I overthink things. But I felt like, I feel like some of the biggest changes now is, like, people look at me and not through me like they did before. They recognize um, you. Right. It's like, just people are nicer to me. Um, you know, people go out of their way. People stop and ask me for help. Whereas when I was heavier no one really gave a shit, you know, right. and that's part of the thing with society where it's like, you know, it's a natural thing. I think just in general to treat better looking people better, but to experience that is an eye opener for sure. Um, I don't think that I feel like I'm still the same person, you know, I still have the same personality. I was just a lot shyer before and, and quiet. I think I hit it a lot. Well, I guess I know I hit it a lot, but not intentionally because when people would tell me, you know, they'd be like, you don't, seem like you were depressed or had anxiety. And I was, I just remember from a very young age, right. always feeling stressed out about group situations. I didn't like when multiple people were looking at me, um, you know, speaking in front of people, 
all that type of stuff stressed me out. Um, so now I feel appreciated, you know, to feel mm. like a human, you know, and I can, I, I feel like when people are looking at me, it's not like, oh, there's that big, huge girl, you know, it's just like, that's Elizabeth. Like so I have an identity. Almost. Yeah. 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 Which is things that people take for granted every day, you know, like being able to go to the beach in a bikini or, right. you know, like I told you earlier, me being able to go out and wear a tank top with no sleeves. Like I never used to do that. I would always wear multiple jackets or I'd wear sleeves or, you know, cause I didn't want my arms God. to show the simple things that people take for granted. Right. Yeah. You know, we're going somewhere flying on an airplane. Those damn seats are so small. Oh dude. I'm, fuck, dude those seats suck. Yeah. I mean, just in general, they're still fucking tiny. They're and tiny seats anyhow, no matter yeah, what. You know what I mean? But Even when I was skinny, I found airplanes, I fuck this chair. Yeah, this they're chair so uncomfortable, sucks, you dude. know? But I would, I think of all the things in my life that I didn't do because I was so wrapped up in myself and my image. So I feel a lot better now. You know, I, f- I feel freer for sure. And I think that's definitely like, I can only <clears> see <throat> it getting better um, when I have my surgery because even now, with the loose skin, it feels like I'm wearing a fat suit every day that I can't shake off. And that's what's frustrating. That's interesting. I've never heard that before. Yeah. It, it literally feels like I'm just wearing the skin of the old me. Right. And I can't get rid of it. And no matter how much I exercise, it's going to be there. But I know for sure, like I've, I've already accepted because I don't care about um, perfection. It's just health. And this is just a a last part of it that I need to get out. And then it's just from there maintaining, you know, but I know you need to find a way to make money to get that skin off of you. I know. I know. I, I got to figure out something. I will. It's definitely been like, I've been obsessed with it the last, I, I wish people that are, that are listening to this could sit here and see what I'm seeing in this woman. And she really needs this off of her. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. It's and, like and a black cloud. That's permanent. Yeah. <laughs> okay. And, um, we're going to find a way to make that happen somehow. That'd be awesome. Yeah. I always think too, I'm like, yeah, you know, you have this idiot who put Gorilla Glue in her hair and people are like, let me donate money to help you with yeah, that. And I'm like, there's, yeah, there's people out there who need help for things that are actual good things, you know, right. but it is what it is. But I, yeah, you know, at the same time, as much as I dislike the loose skin, it still is a good reminder. And my sister tells me this all the time and I'm thankful. She's like, it tells you how far you've come. I was just going to say that you've yeah. come such a far And way. I, I won't forget that. You know, I, I know, like I know where I came from. I don't, um, see myself. I still see myself as the old Elizabeth. Yeah. And, um, now I just think it's more of, um, having that confidence and learning how to stand up tall and be happy. Like, yeah. um, we had a Halloween party and I didn't even realize it, but I guess I was like standing like, you know, arms crossed and like, you know, <clears throat> being all, yeah. Shoulder shrugged. Yeah, kinda, and yeah. and my um friend Cher, love her. She's like, put your arms down. She's like, stand up straight. She's like, you look beautiful. And I was like, huh? Like I didn't know, you know, I didn't realize I was doing right. it. And now it's, you do feel that once, I or I do feel that, you know, I I am proud of how far I've come. It's a huge thing to like stand up tall and feel good about yourself. You got me turned up over here. <laughs> God damn some you. Kleenex. <laughs> But um, yeah, that's definitely an eye opener. So I I agree with the, you when you say you feel bad for women, and I do too. And it's not easy. Yeah, there's gotta be. We can figure this out somehow. But I'm sure people are gonna listen to this and be like, ah, 
I want to donate to this woman's cause. <laughs> I mean, no, seriously, like, if you guys can look across the table from what I'm looking at, she's a beautiful woman. She's Thank uh, you. an awesome person. And um, I've watched her struggle. I watch, I literally, I, I pay attention day in, day out. And I know that some days where, like, you're like, fuck yeah, I'm ready for the day. And there's some days where you share very intimate details mm-hmm. where you're like, today sucks, man. It's, it's not good and I don't feel yeah. good. And, uh, you know, there's been times where you're like, I don't feel good about myself. And, like, I've, I've watched... That day in and day out, and that's it's a really intimate thing you're sharing with people, and I think people could really connect to this, you know, if they if they really follow and uh, pay attention to your journey. And I think there's a lot of women out there who, uh, and men too, because I'm sure there's women. I mean, I'm a fat piece of shit. I'm not doing surgery. <laughs> I'm not doing surgery. Like, like you're gonna love me for my with my belly or not, love it you know I mean? or not, or not. You know what I mean? But that's me. But but there's a lot of women out there. I'm sure that will be able to absolutely resonate with kind of how you're feeling and your journey. Um, and it's easier to connect with people through social media because nowadays you, you wouldn't just walk up to somebody on the street and start talking to people now, you know, and, and that's one of the things too, like, like I said earlier, I didn't anticipate ever sharing a lot of the pictures I've showed. If you like, right. I never thought I'd be posting a picture in my underwear on my Instagram with, Loose skin and everything. With my loose skin and everything. And now yeah. I'm, I was just kind of like, well, I'm like, the, I remember the first couple times I posted stuff, I'd send it to my sister. And I'm like, oh my God, I want to post this, but I'm scared, you know, and I don't even know what I was scared about. I could like, who cares what the hell people think? But I was like, I want to share it. I want to be able to look back on it. And even, you know, a few years ago, I, I made myself take pictures because I was like, no matter what the number says on the scale, you're not going to physically see those changes until you see them side by side. Right. And I'm so thankful that I did. And my sister was like, fuck yeah, just share it, you know, put it out there. And she was ready to kick anyone's ass. You should have your sister on the podcast too. She probably would have been fun. Dropping huh? F-bombs. <laughs> I've been dropping F-bombs on Yes. <laughs> she would have fit right in. Yeah. You know? No, she's been, I've been really grateful for her support, family support. And, and now even just sharing that I did have the surgery <clears throat> um, feels like a big weight lifted off my shoulders. It wasn't like a big secret. I mean, it was a secret, but it just felt good to share because now I could connect with people who have had it. You know, I've had a couple of people right. message me personally. They're like, Oh, I had that surgery. Or I'm going to have that surgery. And I'm like, that's awesome. Like, I want to support you. You know, I want to talk to people, learn more and share and see what happens. Super cool. So what would be your, um, like your long-term goal? Like what's your, what would you consider success? Like when will you be happy? Um, you know, I, I kind of feel like I'm already there. I f- I'm happy. Um, you know, aside from the, you know, bad days here or there. Wait, stop there. That's amazing, right? Yeah. So the surgery is just a plus, right? You already feel full. I do. You've done the work to make yourself feel full and loved and to love yourself, right? Mm-hmm. That's everything, right? Pretty much. So the surgery, yeah. the surgery is just a plus. It's just the icing on the cake. Oh, yeah. Right. I mean, I, I, I love that. I'm happy. You know, like I said, yeah. for me, a big thing of feeling like a human was a big changing point for me. You know, where uh, I actually... Girl, you're a human. <laughs> We're going to talk about how I know her, by the way. Yes. In a few minutes. And that's why um, she's absolutely human and, and I'm proud of you. So, sorry. Thank you. Yeah, but being able yeah. to feel that, like, I feel happy. You know, right. now it's just more of, I feel like I've I've achieved what I wanted and it's just fine-tuning now. Right. Anything else is just, you know, I'm I'm healthy got to get rid of the skin and then from there it's just maintaining and enjoying all the things that i didn't do before that my weight held me back with it's all icing on the cake yeah you know and just being able to i realize 
how much I hid behind <clears throat> my weight and how shy I was and reserved. And I just think of so much that I kept from myself, you know, and I'm like, okay, now I'm 34. Now it's like, I want to meet people. I want to talk to people. I want to share stories. I just, right. you know, want to spread that. You look 22. Thank you. I thought she was <laughs> in her twenties, by the way. Nope. I feel really old. <laughs> so let's talk about how we know each other. He stalked me on Instagram. Shut up. <laughs> you swear. Sliding into my DMs. You swear. Um, <laughs> but we did meet on Instagram. Mm -hmm. And what's crazy is like we just started chatting, bullshitting, whatever. Yeah. I don't remember if I found you or probably from the um, memes or something. Probably from the memes. I don't yeah. even know. But I'm addicted to memes. But we gravitate towards each other. And what's crazy is that... Um, as we talked or whatever, I was like, you know, let me look at her Instagram. And I started scrolling through your pictures and stuff. And I started to dig a little deep. I'm like, who is this In person? like 2015. It's, it's a long time ago, <laughs> yeah. right? It's a long time ago. And so, but what's crazy is that the more I kind of looked into you and your Instagram and stuff, I started to see kind of little like, like what I would call Easter eggs. Like, oh, wait, I have to know her. A little tidbit. Yeah. Oh, wait, I have to know her because of this. I have to know her because of that. And the deeper and deeper I looked, I'm like, oh, shit, I know her mom. Wait, that's her mom? And that was what really threw me off. I was like, oh, shit. Um, so if that's her mom and her dad, it must be this guy, <laughs> right? And mm -hmm. and so to give you guys a little backstory um, on how social media is kind of crazy and how it can connect people in a weird way is your grandfather and your father literally grew up across the alleyway from me and my father and your grandfather were pretty much best friends for a number of years. And what's crazy to me is that like, we had no idea. I had no idea mm -mm. until I pictured th until I pieced things together that that was the case. And, um, so a little crazy story is I grew up in a little alleyway in Santa Barbara, California called Mercedes Lane <laughs> and your grandfather and my father lived across the street from each other. Well, I lived with him at the time, my, my father. And your grandfather had an old car, and your dad is somebody I would call a wrench monkey. Mm -hmm. His name was Richie. Rest in peace, Richie. Um, and these were men in my life who I would hang out in the garage with, often as a little boy. <clears throat> and so it's just wild to me that, like, there's this realm where, like, we had no idea who we yeah. were. There was no because because when I looked at Instagram and, and actually I, I I looked back on Instagram like how do I how do I know her because you know you go to Instagram and be like oh they know this person or that yeah. person or whatever there was no connection there whatsoever we just somehow which is really surprising too. which is really surprising yeah. right and so um, but long story short is as a as a little boy uh, I grew up in this area and I was probably between the ages of I don't know maybe two and three until maybe about eleven twelve. But your family, like I know your uncle, uh -huh. who's was a big homie to me. You know what I mean? Like, yep. and um, and, and I knew your grandfather and I knew your father. And um, growing up in that in that that neighborhood, like I would just be like, oh, where are you going? I'm gonna go to Danny's garage. Like mm -hmm. that was where I would go. You yeah, know what I mean? the hangout. Spot. And I would just hang out at the garage, right? And, and your grandpa and your dad would be working on the bomb. They had a bomb. Uh huh. It was it like a fifty. 54? 49. It's 49? Mm -hmm. I thought it was a 54 for some reason. Pretty it's a 49. Sure it's, a 49. Yeah. it's a 49 bomb, right? 
And so it's an old school car. And they would just, they would spend their nights just drinking Budweiser's and working on the car. And my dad would hang out over there because my dad and your grandpa was like, they were really good friends. Mm-hmm. They were, I would call them almost best friends at the time. Yeah. I would call your grandfather, like my dad's big homie. Yeah. <laughs> nice. It's the way I would say it, you know? And so um, when I found out the connection, I was like, holy shit. Because I had already known, because um, I went to your dad's funeral, I had already known that your dad had passed away. Oh, damn. And, yeah. And, 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 uh, it was just wildly crazy to me. Like, how do, how do we connect yeah. here? And I remember when I told you, you're like, holy shit. Mm-hmm. I was yeah, like, oh, I was, like, I was like, I remember you were like, are you Richie's daughter? I was like, what? Yeah. I was like, oh my Stalker. God, this is Richie's daughter. Dude. <laughs> what the fuck? And there was just a lot of emotions for me personally. Yeah. Um, because like, I was happy to see that Richie's, he's still here with us mm-hmm. through you. Definitely. Because he was a big part of my childhood growing up. To be honest, like people don't realize like there's that guy, like when I talk about there's I talk a lot on this podcast about how it takes a a a a, a, a neighborhood to raise a child. Mm-hmm. Talk a lot about that. Like your father and your grandfather were part of that they were part of my neighborhood. Yeah. You know what I mean? They were part of who I grew up with, you know? So it was really touching to me going, Holy shit. And then I felt a little kind of like guilty because I'm like, damn, I remember Richie's daughter's DMs. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, holy shit, man. But it wasn't right. inappropriate though. We were just right. we were just talking. But still, I was like, God damn, this is Richie's daughter's DMs. Like, this is crazy. Like it <laughs> yeah. was weird, you know what I mean? It, and, and and then we realized, like, oh shit, our families are connected in a weird way, you know? Yeah. And then I saw that you uh, no, my other cousin, Robert, too. Oh, yeah. So. Robert, Robert, he was on the podcast, too. So crazy. Yeah. It's such a small world, yeah. right? And um, it, it, it it's just, I don't know, it's such a small world to me. And so I wanted people to know the relationship between you and I and how we met and how we didn't even know that we knew yeah. each other, but we know each no other. No idea right? in the beginning. Yeah. Yeah. So um, what was, there was some of the stuff I want to talk about. I'm just drawing a mind blank right now because... It's you said a lot you had of, a story with my grandpa. Oh yes. <laughs> Sorry, there's a lot of emotions tied to this because these are these are men that I grew up really loving and caring about, you know, and still care about. You know, obviously your grandfather and and your father, obviously rest in peace. Um, so, so there's a funny story that I wanted to tell you that you didn't know, because um, <laughs> I was an I was a wild child, you know what I mean, and shocked. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you? totally shocked, right? Uh, and this is a funny one. Um, so when I was, I want to say I was like 12 years old, mm-hmm. maybe 12, maybe 12, uh-huh. 12 to 13. And I had gotten in trouble for tagging in broad daylight. I think I've talked about this in the podcast, but I didn't talk about the punishment. <laughs> so I was, <laughs> I was, my, part. yeah, exactly. I was out with my friends, um, in the middle of the daytime, just we were back then, like, 12, 13 year olds, we took the bus all over the city or go to Galita. Galita's like, I don't know, 10 miles outside of Santa Barbara and then yeah. back and forth. Like young teenagers just would hang out on their own, you know? So um, we were taking, the, we were going to go catch the bus to go out to Galita. It was me and my best friend, Jacob, um, who's struggling himself today. I love you, brother, and I miss you. And my other best friend at the time, uh, it's still my best friend, uh, Vinny, Vince Hernandez. Who, by the way, Vince Hernandez is like six foot two, uh-huh. probably like two hundred eighty pounds, and there's me and fucking Jacob, these little small guys, <laughs> right? And so we're gonna go catch the bus, and we were gonna head from the bus 
uh, stop to out to Galita, which is like 10 miles away. And I had this can of spray paint. And so I started crying oh on spray paint. So I started spray painting this pole, like a telephone pole, uh-huh. right? Throwing up my tagger, fucking, you know, name, whatever. Was it, what is it, the, your other nickname? Uh, no, it wasn't that <laughs> one. Oh, we'll get, we'll get to that nickname soon. So, th- but this is my tagger name, right? Uh-huh. So, and then we go sit down on the bus stop, which is literally like a block away from where I was tagging this telephone pole like a dumbass. <laughs> So somebody in the neighborhood called like the cops. Yeah. So someone in the neighborhood, uh, an old lady, they told me had called the cops, and the cops come and they arrest us at the bus at the uh, bus stop, and we're in the car. I'm gonna give you a little bit more information because it's funny. And uh, we're in the car, and Vince, the biggest guy, mm-hmm. he goes, <laughs> he's crying, right? <laughs> And so there's Vince. I'm sitting in the middle on the bump, and then my best friend Jacob on the right of me. And Vince is crying. <laughs> he's he's hyperventilating. He goes, "Ossifer, Ossifer, it wasn't oh me." He said, "Ossifer." And to this day, whenever I see him, I go, "Ossifer, Ossifer." I make fun of him. Right? All my friends who are listening to this are gonna make fun of Fat Vince. Make fun of that piece of shit. He goes, "Ossifer, Ossifer, it wasn't me." I just want to go home. It wasn't me. Oh my god, that he would be me. Fucking cry <laughs> to the high heavens. And me and Jacob look at each other and we look back at him and go, "Shut the fuck up, you bitch." <laughs> Don't be a little bitch. Don't be a little bitch. And he goes, also for it wasn't me. Also for it wasn't me. Anyways, Vince, I love you, man. He's out in Texas somewhere. Shout uh, out to Vince. Shout out to Vince. I love you, brother. Fucking f- bastard. But um, <laughs> but so anyways, I get in trouble, right? Yeah. So long story short, is I end up having to go to court for that. And here's the crazy Damn. thing about that entire story. This story evolves into like an entire story, which is crazy. So... I get arrested with Vince, my best friend. Vince is my best friend, my best friend Jacob, and myself, right? I go to court. When I go to court, there was a teen court. It was called teen court back then. Uh-huh. And so when I go to court, when you go to teen court, you have a jury of your peers, which are teens, uh-huh. that have already been in trouble. When I go to court for this, I go face the judge, right? It's my, it's, my mom has to be there, obviously, right? Mm-hmm. She's a single mom. So it's my mom, me, and a lawyer. And then you have a team, you have a judge and then a team jury. Uh-huh. And I look across the jury and I look in the stand. And it's my best friend in the jury, Jacob, <laughs> and his mom in the stand. And my mom looks at me. She goes, you bitch. And my mom looks at me like, you, how do you, like she, she thinks I arranged this. Yeah. You know, I'm like, mom, I didn't arrange yeah, this. I had no, I had no idea. He's in a team court. So the judge goes, here's what, here's the recommendation. The recommendation was like, seriously, like, I want to say like six months of like, Community service, like oh, oh it's a shitload of fucking yeah. community service. He goes, "This is the low level and the high level. What you can offer him, I recommend the high level." Oh, this shit. kid was tagging in the middle of the daytime. Fuck him, pretty much. That's <laughs> what the judge said, you know. So it goes to the jury, and you can. It wasn't like this wasn't like official. It was like a kid shit, you know what I mean? Yeah. So, like the jury was like the you could see the jurors jurine whatever you would call it <laughs> d- d- deliberating right. And so I could see my friend Jacob going, and you could see there's these two white kids in the jury uh-huh. that were like crazy, like they're probably Hell's Angels today. Like these guys were like crazy white guys, you yeah. know? And they were like, give them the fucking book. Fuck oh him. You fuck can see guy. the look on their face, you know? And my homie Jacob goes, nah, fuck that fool. It's my homie. <laughs> You're giving them like 40 hours, the lowest you can give them, you know? And I remember, I remember like going, oh, damn. I remember looking at my friend. My friend goes, I got you, bro. Yeah. Like the look on his face, you know? It's my best friend to the in the world. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. How are you like, on my jury, yeah, bro? What the fuck? So, long story short, is they end up giving me forty hours of community service. The high end was like five hundred and some hours, oh, down shit. to forty. 
And so thank God you got the 40. So when we walked out of the court, true story, a mom walked out of the court. She grabs me by the ear and pinches it like he, like a kid. Oh, you know, yeah. She goes, why is your fucking friend here? I was, I was like, dude, I don't know why he was there. Just got lucky. So I call him up and I, he goes, bro, that was pure luck. And That's I was like, insane, insane. Right. Yeah. So my best friends in my jury, he gives me the least amount of sands. Right. But the least amount of still 40 hours of work at like 12 years old, 40 hours of work is yeah. ever. So it's like forever. It's forever. Yeah. Right. The rest of your life. By the way, they gave me 40 hours of community service in, by the way, in Santa Barbara at the time. And I think I might still have that record. Um, there was no <clears throat> children at that time that had been assigned to what they call swap oh my God. duty in Santa Barbara. Swap duty is basically the guys you see cleaning up shit on the freeways right. and fucking orange jumpsuits yeah. and whatever else. You know what I mean? Like, so like I was a swappy, right? So when I showed up to do my community service I did in the summertime the next it was the next summer uh I walk into the city of Santa Barbara which by the way your grandfather ran at the time mm-hmm. Remember, keep in mind you guys her grandfather was my dad's best friend oh, for many years you can't make this shit up I cannot make this no. shit up. this is this is an absolute story so I walk into the city of Santa Barbara where all the swappies go and then they get assigned their work and then they get pulled into these trucks that take them out to do their work and I walk in and they hand me a fucking swappy vest. And I'm like 12 years old, this little kid. And I put it on, it's like down to my knees, right? Oh my I'm like this fat little kid. And I'm walking across the yard going, I got to go to work. Fuck. You know, swappy. And I walk across the yard and I hear your grandfather scream out my name. And he doesn't scream out my name. He screams out my nickname, which I'm not going to say today because <laughs> it's fucking terribly embarrassing. I almost said it earlier. Yes. Like, uh, uh. He screams it out at the top of his lung. And, and, I, and I'm like, Fuck, because the one thing I, the, the one thing I knew is that like I knew he I knew he he by the way he was in charge of the entire city. Like at that moment, you know what I mean. Like so, he was the highest he guy was running this, that shit. He was you know he was the highest guy running the city. When I say the city, I'm talking about like trucks, maintenance, all that shit. He was the highest person at that moment. You know what I mean? And so I'm like, and I knew he worked there, and I was just trying to tiptoe to my truck <laughs> without him seeing me, right? And he screams out at the top of his lungs. I'm like, fuck, busted. And I felt shame just fall through Aww. my soul. And I was like, God damn it, I got caught. And so I look over, he goes, get over here. Because he saw the swappy uniform yeah. on me. And I'm not, I'm not 12, I'm like maybe 13 at the time, maybe. Yeah. And I walk over to him, he goes, what are you doing here? This is my dad's best friend, my neighbor, right? Uh-huh. And, I, and I said, I'm here because of, I got in trouble. And he goes, I bet that <laughs> And he goes, come here. And I said, what's up? He goes, come here with me in the office. And again, he had the office. Again, he was the highest person in the city of Santa Barbara, right? Office. He goes, come here. And I, and I sit down. And he, goes, and he tells whatever. He goes, go, go ahead, leave. The person that was driving the truck, right, with all the adults. It was all adults. I was a little kid. Yeah. And he goes, what's up? And I told him my story. He goes, oh, So then he gets on the radio. He goes, Teresa. Who, Teresa was, um, to the, and his people are going to listen to the podcast. Santa Barbara is going to laugh. But she was like a butch dyke lesbian uh-huh. that all of us knew though. Like she was like family to all of us. And she goes, get over here. And she would go around the city at the time and she would clean up all the graffiti. And she goes, Teresa, guess what I have here? She goes, who? She tells him who she goes, I, he goes, she goes, come pick his ass up, put him in the truck and make him clean the bridges. Yeah. So I had to go around for like for that week. I would go around and I would paint all the all the cross bridges in Santa Barbara. Oh, shit. The, the Carrillo one, not yeah. the Carrillo, the San Andreas one, all those ones over there. Oh yeah, yeah. 
the mission street, I would have to go and paint all those bridges. And that's what I did for a week. But damn, that's what I was supposed to be doing. But no, she drove me around. We would go get food and oh bullshit. So I got hooked up by your grandfather, which is a crazy story. Like, I'll never forget. Like, i never forget walking, like, just tippy to him going, yeah. I'm not going to get caught. He hasn't caught me. He hasn't caught me yet. He's caught me. And then just to scream my name. He just knew. And he was like, oh, fuck, what are you doing here? I was like, oh, man. And they still let you off easy. They still let me off easy. But it was love, man. Family yeah. love, you know? Family love you from the neighborhood. You got super fucking lucky. I got really lucky. Yeah. That was hard work. Well, actually, you know what? What I didn't say, actually, is the... um. I take that back. So, there was one day where she didn't come into work. You actually had to work that day? <laughs> and I actually had to work. <laughs> and and there's, a, there's a park called Mackenzie Park in Santa Barbara. Uh-huh. And we had to cut all... We had to trim all the trees. And I was like... Literally, there was a bunch of grown-ass men. Like, I'm talking like 30, 40-year-old men. Yeah. And then like a 13-year-old boy doing swappy work, like oh literally God. clearing bushes and trees. And I remember the dude who was driving that truck, because they would take you like you were in jail. Like you would put it, be put in a truck yeah, and you would have this uniform on and then they would let you out and they'd be like, here's your fucking, they would write it off. Here's your, your tool. Here's your tool. Here's your tool. And you'd be like, God damn, like it was some shit. I was <laughs> and you had so, shackles on your ankles. One of the five days, actually it was the second day I had to work and I was like, God damn. And I remember the guy going, what are you doing here? I was like, I don't know. I'm not even an adult. He's like, he's like, why is there a 13 year old kid on my <laughs> like, fucking crew? We picked up on the like, side. Like, yeah. But so anyways, I'll never forget your grandfather, uh, and your, and your pops and, and your family. And Damn. it's crazy. It's a, it's a wild story. You know, I, 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 that, that was a crazy time in my life. Cause I was a really misguided child, you know, like mm-hmm. at that point, my dad and my mom had already split up. Uh, my stepdad hadn't came into my life yet. I was a really misguided, broken child, you know, and I was doing crazy shit, yeah. <laughs> you know, but, uh, your grandfather, man, I'll never forget that shit. That's too funny. And when he screamed my fucking nickname, I'm like, oh <laughs> shit, it was like fear in my soul. Yeah. Like, oh, oh my God, what are you doing? Why are you here? Why are you? And, and then I found out, um, years later that up until that moment, I was the youngest swappy ever. Cause that was a program meant for adults, not uh-huh. for kids. So they didn't, he didn't even know. He's like, how did you end up here? Yeah. I was like, I don't know. They gave yeah. me a did community service, bro. I'm here. <laughs> he's like, what the fuck? Damn. So I was cleaning like bridges and painting graffiti off of walls and shit when I was like 13 years old. Damn. Crazy did time. Did you ever do more graffiti after that? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but but then I stopped. Caught. Yeah. No, I actually stopped very quickly after that. I, that was like a, honestly, that was a big wake up call. Yeah. Um, because to be frank, the second day where I ha- when I actually had to work, mm-hmm. and I saw grown men like like thirty four year old men yeah. doing shit, I was like, "What the fuck am I doing here? Like, why am I?" Yeah, doing you didn't want to be that. Yeah, I was like, I was like, yeah. this this is this, these are the guys I don't want to be in my life. Like, why would I want to be this ever? Like, and <laughs> the look on this guy's face because like when it comes to lunchtime. <laughs> <laughs> when it was like lunchtime, they would be like, "Hey, yo, here's a bag of lunch, you know, and here's your milk and your oh fucking, whatever." And I remember some little going, dino nuggets. Yeah, Here you go. no, I didn't get no dino nuggets. We got like a bologna sandwich <laughs> oh and like some warm ass milk. But Ew. like, I remember like the when I actually had to work when I wasn't with Teresa when I actually had to work okay. like, um, a Teresa we'll call her. Uh, that's an American way of saying it. Teresa. Teresa. <laughs> um, when when I. <laughs> 
when they gave us the millage, that was when I got really fucking Sad. judgmental. I was like, dude, I'm not going to eat like this. This is my future right I'm here. like, shit. fuck this shit, dude. <laughs> I don't want to eat bologna sandwiches. And a warm milk? What the <laughs> fuck, dude? I'm over it, bro. Yeah. I was no. over it. But sometimes, you know, it's it's good to have, you need those eye-opening situations. Yeah. You know, I think for me, that was when I went to that doctor. I will never forget him. And yeah. that was just, I was so humiliated so hurt and i was Ugh. like i gotta change some shit i mean it didn't happen for a little while but so much in a better place yeah you know shit like that needs to happen to people sometimes for you to realize direction is everything mm-hmm. you know what i mean so yeah. and look where you ended up now you know Fuck. you're successful in a good place Doing you right. just as easily go the other way you know absolutely i talk about that often and it's all about um nature versus nurture so like like your uh, or other direction and community raising kids, your grandfather was that for me. Like it was like he was like, "Ah, oh, you stupid, you don't belong here." You know what I mean? Yeah. But he wanted me to work still, but just not to be part of. It. He wanted me to know that hey, you're gonna have to work still, but you're not gonna be part of that group of people who work. Right. But your ass is gonna learn something. Yeah, you need to figure some shit out. You're gonna figure yeah. some shit out. You know what I mean? Yeah. And maybe now looking back, maybe I would love to talk to him. Maybe maybe, maybe that one day he gave you me on purpose. Get him on the podcast. Exactly. Figueroa reunion. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> maybe maybe that one day he gave me on purpose. You know, hey, maybe make this little motherfucker yeah, work. Because you, know? you do, you need that sometimes. Yeah. You know, I mean, <clears throat> I never thought about that, but maybe maybe he gave me that on purpose. It was. What a what a what a wild moment! And what's crazy is like I had to walk my I, back then, even even at that age, like no one was dropping me off or driving me to that. My parents were like, no, you walk your ass yeah. over there. It's a consequence of your yeah. actions. Yeah, you fucked up. Figure you walk your little ass over there. So yeah. I walked my ass to swappy work. You know what I mean? <laughs> nah, fool, you're gonna walk your ass over there. And I walk my ass down to uh, what was it? It wasn't our town. What was the street down there? The city? I can't remember the name of the street. But. Yeah. I had to walk my little ass down there. I lived on Nopa Street in Coda, and I had to walk my little ass down there, yeah. go to Swappy work. So I think to this day, I think I might still hold the youngest Swappy. I think it was a mistake, like the way the, the yeah. courts did it. Like I wasn't supposed to go there, you know what I mean? But I was hanging out with grown ass men and shit, you know? What's up, fellas? Well, what are you doing, bro? Yeah. I don't know what I'm doing, bro. <laughs> I'm here. I'm here to pay my pay my fucking due to society, oh you know? Oh my god, troublemaker. But yeah, so our, so it's weird how we have that weird family connection, and so yeah, after all this, never stuff. would have guessed that, you know. It's crazy. I'm glad it's you crazy. figured it out. I would have never. Ah, when I figured it out, I was like, oh my god, yeah. I was like blown away. So yeah, I mean, it's it's Santa Barbara. <clears throat> Still to this day, I get people who are like, you know, oh, are you related to so and so, and yeah, right. but I like that. It's good to hear hear things about you know my dad and my grandpa Danny and family. Ah uh, man, I love both those men. Mm-hmm. They were good guys to me. They still well, rest in peace, Richie. And your grandpa is still a good man. Mm-hmm. So, I saw him at my cousin's funeral. Mm-hmm. Still, Grandpa Danny. Yep, always. You know? So, all right. Well, um, I appreciate you coming on and talking about this stuff. I really feel like this is uh, going to be helpful for a lot of people. I hope so. Yeah, I, th- I think it it's will nice be nice to talk about it. Yeah. Uh, there's a lot of people who don't know the options and don't know also the um, the the things that go along with having to go through surgery and that kind of stuff and mm-hmm. what happens afterwards and the amount of work that comes with it, you know what I mean? Because people right. just think it's just an easy fix and it's definitely not that. Definitely not, <clears throat> no. You know, so. A lot that goes into it afterwards and even years later, you know, I'm still learning, still figuring things out. 
Right. You just can't prepare for it. You know, you can, you can know enough, but until you actually experience and go through it. But for me, the biggest help was hearing other people's firsthand experiences of it. Right. So let's get this experience out there. So how about other people? And I'm excited mm-hmm. about that. Yeah, me too. I'm looking awesome. To hearing, hearing from people what they think. Loved having you on. We'll have to do it again. Uh, maybe what we'll do is we'll ask people after they listen to this for questions they have, I have, and then we'll do a question and answer podcast. Yeah. I'd be down. That'd be dope. Yeah. And I'm going to be working on doing like live podcasts too. So I'm working on different camera angles and stuff. So once I have that piece of it done, we yeah. can do like live podcasts and actually get live questions. Ooh. Yes. That'd be cool, right? I love that. Yeah. So we'll work on that. I'm in. Awesome. Love it. Thank you. Cheers.